it's Friday night and we're in fucking Queens. Isn't it about time for somebody's favorite radio program? Live in Garage. Uh, I can't do it. I can't do a radio show. Will you please play the old sports song? My goal in life is to like break out of prison and open for Van Halen. There's a fridge full of this Welch's grape soda if anybody wants some. When I'm not picking on my gut, I'm listening to that from the garage. Midwest, fucking Europe, I don't give a fuck. Get the fuck out. This is my show. I said, oh, R. I-A-M, that's my name from the other end. Hey, everybody, this is Conan Neutron. No, you just suck on it. Fuck the audience. The What's your favorite radio station? Live from the garage. Look like at the cycle logs into this shit. <laughs> Don't drink Seagram's Escapes. One pound feet. It's gonna ever keep me down. Live from the garage. I saw The Grateful Dead twice. You are listening to Live from the Barrage. For some reason, this reminds me of when Slim Goodbody came to my school. You are full of shit. Let me do my show, for Christ's sake. I Makes sense to me. <laughs> What's wrong with you, people? John Hulan, fuck you. Oh, shit. What's going on with this radio? Nope. I don't know. What's happening? I don't know. It's timing out my connection. Timing out? Yeah, that's right. It's what? timing out. I don't have that kind of time in my hands. Is this a fucking real player? Uh, let me try something here. Please work. Please work. Welcome to Dan Darren, friends. <laughs> You're on Tama Talk. I think I got it back. All right. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. That was that's that's the way to start the show. Um, thank you. Welcome back to live from the broad here on Radio Nope. I'm hoping that everything's working. Something was wrong with the thing. Radio thank Hope. You. Radio Hope. We hope. We, <laughs> Radio Hope because we hope it goes on the air. <laughs> Between my uh, between my kids playing the Xbox and uh, Conan Neutron, you never know what the hell's happening in this fucking place. Hi, hi. <laughs> we are back. <laughs> we are back live from the ranch here on Radio Nope. Hi. Oh, thank you, Conan. And uh, yeah, I just woke up and it's great. The life is good. <laughs> I'm here with Patrick Walsh. Hello. And uh, our special guest, uh, fill-in guy Dan Dara. I'm BT Neil. What? Uh, I'm the B team, you know. I'm filling. The B team. Oh, okay. I'm split squad. <laughs> We're split squading it up. We're gonna have a practice uh, game later, a, a scrimmage. <laughs> and uh, of course, Ryan coming in. We are missing today. Uh, uh, I would uh, say Mario, missing Mario, and uh, yeah, who's the other guy? Tom. Another <laughs> <laughs> <the> dude. <laughs> that dude. Nicolet. It's the story with that dude. <laughs> So they will not be coming yet, we, but we have Dan Dara to shore up the show, baby, <coughs> and uh, he's feeling good, he says. I'm all right. Yeah. The um, We also have a special guest today at 9 o'clock. We'll have Matt Cadane calling in from uh, the band Overseas, Bedhead, The New Year. All that. All that stuff. He's also a professor of history. He's all busy. So I'm more interested in that, maybe, than the, yeah, uh, really. than the guitar and the drum. He's drums. But who knows? But he'll be calling in at 9, and we're excited to talk to him. It's a good guest. Big get. Big get. Big get. Big get. Big get. So, Matt, uh, <laughs> just making sure the phones are working here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks about right. Call in and make sure our phones are working. 1718 We also thank Tree Void and his uh, uh, fantastic show, Preemptive Strike. She <laughs> could hear every Friday evening, immediately preceding Live from the Barrage. That would be 7 p.m. Eastern time, right before our show. <laughs> thank you, Tree. Good job, I assume. What a guy. I was uh, running around. Running to have to run to seven. I was napping. Running around. He's all busy running around. Napping. I don't know what the hell's going on, man. I'm, I, I sleep 
like a million hours, and I'm still tired. I, I, all I want to do is sleep. It's the American dream, man. I know, but you can't sleep because then you, the stuff you have to get done doesn't get done. All I want to do sleep. is sleep is my least favorite Everly Brothers song. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a, a replacement's B-side, the unreleased B-side. <laughs> All he wants to do is... Uh, Soli's on the chat box saying, anyone having trouble, hit direct link to stream, then listen to it on your Beats headphones. Thank you, Soli. <laughs> you, you know they put little bags of sand in Beats headphones to make them like weightier or like little pieces uh, of metal? Yeah, like they used to do the TVs. They used to like put yeah. lead weights in there to make it seem like... Yeah, you know, the like illusion not, of quality. Skook them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some skook them weight in there. This <laughs> is a serious skook em pair of headphones I didn't here. know they did that. Yeah, dude. You're like, oh man, feel that weight. Dude. Yeah. That's quality uh, fucking item. I got a, I got a throw in on one of my various weird orders from China for electronics, and there was a, a magnifying lamp, uh-huh. right? And then I took it apart because it just seemed very, very sketch. And there was yeah. a piece of marbu uh, hot glued inside of it, like that was the oh. that was the base. <laughs> was a piece of marbu, fucking marbu. paperweight. <laughs> What's up, Ryan? What's up? Ryan Carlson is here. Dan Dara's here. Dan Dara's here. Wow. Good to see you, man. You too, dog. What you been up to? Um, they done interviewing you already? Oh no! Yeah, I'm not. I got nothing. To, I'm not worth interviewing, dude. What you want to hear about Long Island Railroad shit from Thanksgiving? What did you do, dude? Oh, I drove to New Jersey. It took me two hours to get there. Montclair's? No, I went to Sea Caucus. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> you went. To, you had Thanksgiving in Sea Caucus. Sea Caucus. It was a very Sea Caucus Thanksgiving this year. Yeah, how'd it go? Everything yeah, was, fine. was fine. Everyone, no big problems at anyone's Thanksgiving. No, no big disasters. No, no, no. no, it no get crazy. No. I went to my sister's house, uh, my sister-in-law's house, and she had a sign in the door to check your uh, political discourse at the door. I was like, thank God. Yeah, right, that was right. my plan going in, but you never know. My dad's a wild card. Yeah, Koch! He's, a one, wild card. He's one, about to start screaming about Ed Koch at any moment. One, one unmentioned family member who I pretty much had to cut off every time it started, uh, the banter started coming out. So, uh, Was it your brother, TR? I'm not saying uh, who it was. <laughs> they don't uh, listen. <laughs> TR. I don't know. He isn't talking about politics. We had a big sing song. Oh, I know your your brother Sean is a conservative dude. Yeah, I don't, that I, I know. I, but I don't know if it was him either. I'm not going to say nothing. He's not going to say. We can't pry it out of him. He's a yeah. gentleman, right? So yeah, nothing happened in in my house. Yeah, my dad did try to sneak a couple things in, which he's immediately just given like a side eye. <laughs> Thanks for providing for us all of these. Right, years. Nicole smacks the ladle on the table. Now, he said something to me. <laughs> I could get in a lot of trouble here if I could trouble. say this or blah blah blah. And I didn't even look over that's at him. The, that's the preface. Because yeah, yeah, I get in a lot of trouble here by saying something, something on TV, some ref. I don't know what he's saying, but uh, so then I could tell, I could feel him looking at me for like a reaction. Yeah. Uh. Ah, <laughs> huh? your gravy was boiling, and I had this look of disgust on my face. I didn't even look over at him, so I think yeah, I was hoping he would take that cue because that was early in the night, uh, and apparently he did. He wasn't too bad. Like he he was baiting you. He like he wanted to fucking. <laughs> he was. I think he was testing the waters to see he how. Was dipping you know, his toe in the bathtub. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he was dipping the toe in the political gravy in the gravy boat. <laughs> see how far he could take it, and uh, thank God, uh, nothing happened. The, so the thing is, good. I think the only actual like. Sure. Not even classy, like civilized way to talk to someone like that is to like form your your discourse, open your argument or debate in the form of a question. Right. You know what I mean? Like it sort of softens up. What What do you think about 
Yeah, you know, like, oh, I heard that, you know, uh, he's, uh, you know, is not really thinking about building a wall anymore. I don't know. I just read it the other day. What do you think about that? (laughs) And give them enough rope to hang themselves with. Yeah, right. I mean, when I was over there a few weeks ago, I used used this tactic of, um, you know, talking about what a failure – uh, Clinton's campaign was. Oh yeah, and we got together on that pretty good. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I got that going for me. Yeah, <laughs> that worked out. It's we, amazing how much you do agree upon, isn't it? Uh, right, and that's why we were able to avoid, like you know, how we elected Hitler. <laughs> you know that guy Hitler. Right. Did you ever hear of him? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, in, in so we. Uh... <laughs> he has a lovely house up in the mountains. In fairness, so he's in the chat box saying he ate with seven women, and they only talked about getting high and memes. Best Thanksgiving ever. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I did see a picture. <laughs> Casserole Zook is on the chat box. Is <laughs> <laughs> saying that uh, Dan Dara doing his best Robert Reich here tonight. Political Daris. You're on Tama Talk with. Uh, I'm still butting heads with the, med- with the metallurgy department over there. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on at the Tama factory, Dan? Um, well, um, I gave up on like a certain die cast on lugs that I was looking for. Yeah, I'm not prepared for this question at all. <laughs> I, I broke my, you know, I, I dumped my load on that fucking Facebook page. I was, <laughs> I was, bro. I saw you um, on Facebook coming home from Thanksgiving eating. I saw you. What were you eating there? That's uh, Col Cannon. It's Irish peasant food. Irish peasant food. Yeah. And you were eating it uh, what, not with a fork, but with like your train ticket or a, something. A, bi- a business card. It was Jody's business card <laughs> <laughs> that, that she just recently got. And like I wasn't really doing it. It's a little joke that I. Oh, I see. Yeah. You I were eating it. No, I really gag. wasn't. Oh, you weren't? Yeah. <laughs> it's a psych. <laughs> a little Long Island Railroad humor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> We should, uh, he was into magic growing up. We should collect all our, all our Long Island Railroad posts into one, uh, you know, hilarious site. Coffee table book. Or <laughs> choo-choo's. Yeah, choo-choo's. Choo-choo's? Choo-choo's of New York? <laughs> yeah, choo-choo's of New York. <laughs> Don't worry, Ryan. If you're uh, not used to it, we'll train you. Thank oh, you, everyone. Get it. Thank you. Get it. Who's with me? Hello. Uh, yeah, the other day, my train was 61 minutes late. I mm. Usually that. it says like six minutes or seven minutes. 61. Like it went past. It, it was like an odometer that rolled over on the clock. Do they do the automated announcements at your station? Yes. And uh, the next train to Penn Station is 61 <laughs> exactly. minutes late. <laughs> Officer Grabowski. <laughs> Steve Grabowski. <laughs> Mr. Black. <laughs> <laughs> That was the Camp Krusty one, right? That was on the other day. Uh, they've been showing them all. Yeah, the uh, uh, very great. early Simpsons ones. Very early. I stayed up till three in the <laughs> morning Black. watching season the two Simpsons Festival. <laughs> My son Mr. kept changing Black. it to the Simpsons on the football commercials, and it's like, oh my god, just leave the game on. Like you drive yeah. me nuts, you know. I hate when people do but that. But he's so good at it, and he just like doesn't. He just has a feel for it, I guess, because from watching TV, that he always knows when it's coming back. Right. It's so perfect every time. It's like having your own uh, editor in there. It's great. Kid's got a future. And I, I was like, stop it. And then the, everyone's like, what are you talking about? He's doing it perfect. I'm like, all right, fine. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> Just got home at 9 o'clock in the morning. Slept for four so hours. I come to Thanksgiving. Fuck. Go back to work at 5 in the morning. Holy, Kill myself. Holy shit. Where the fuck did you get that mash fucking IV drip thingy, man? 
Oh. <laughs> I guess it used to be filled with vodka. This yeah, guy, Rich, brought it People always over. fill those with vodka. Yeah. Delicious. It yeah. even says vodka on yeah, it. I think yeah, yeah. vodka was sold on that. That's some, I don't know. That's, I'm a little old for that frat boy shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. You do have a barrage. So, says, says, says John in a garage full of beer uh, signs. And... <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind if the Simpsons, those Simpsons episodes were good, but they were like the first ones, and they're like kind of horrible. Oh, I yeah. Hey, hey! <laughs> yeah, season three was on its way. Like Homer's kind of smart. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> Come on, boy. Let's read a book. You know God, what I sucked. What I just fi- I'm so angry at the boy. <laughs> you know what I just fucking figured out? Eat these Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I'm Homer Simpson. Dough. <laughs> They, Eat my shorts, man. They named Dr. Nick Riviera after Elvis's Dr. Nick, who provided him with pills. Oh, really? I, ju- uh. I just found that out the other day. I just mm. made that connection. Wow. What about Colonel Tom? Oh, no. I don't know. I just wanted to say Colonel. <laughs> Colonel. <laughs> the Colonel. I know your scheme over there. Where do you, you know what I'm up to? There? Yeah, I know what you're up to. You're onto my Walsh. Onto my <laughs> when, yeah, when you, when you think someone's up to something, you go, I know what you're up to, and then call them by their last name. Colonel. <laughs> Colonel Tom Parker. Colonel Tom Parker uh, calling in a little later. Nine o'clock, <laughs> Matt C- Cadane of, the be- of Bedhead of the New Year and all these bands. People are excited. Uh, a lot of PRF people. Uh, tuning in, excited for that interview. They love him. They're they love that guy. Him. And I've heard a rumor. I'm, what? We're going to confirm this when we get him on the air. He might have invented crap, not crap. Really? He might have. Whoa. Huh. What I heard was that him and his brother were in the studio with uh, Steve Albini. Who's that? Uh, he did like um, Mean Streets. Oh, he recorded that Van Halen record. Pyromania. Mm, I know the dude. Uh, oh, big producer were... guy. He likes to produce in there. <laughs> Recorded back in black. He's got a lot of opinions. <laughs> He's so busy. On the band's sound. He's <laughs> like, hey, man, you guys should put a whole other part in the middle. He's always saying. What's a guitar bed? The, and they were in the studio, and I, I don't know what the story is. We'll ask Matt. But apparently they came guitar up with crap not, crap, not crap in the studio to uh, kind of gauge everyone's uh, where they were on different bands while recording. I don't know if it had to do with the recording. We'll ask him. That's why we yeah. have the guy on. Yeah, exactly. We're going to have him call in. We're going to have the guy. The We're real guy. That guy. That's the guy. <laughs> hey, is crap not crap? Cool. Crap not crap. Yes, and we will be playing crap not crap with Mr. Cadena. That is for sure. Hell yeah. Yes, uh, Br- uh, Brad in the chat box confirming that the, the Cadeans and Albini did, in fact, invent crap not crap. So this is, you know, this is kind of legendary since we play that game on the show every freaking day. Yeah. Or every time we have an interview. Uh, every freaking day. I guess every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. I'm all busy doing it on the train. I would do 20 minutes a day. We're almost <laughs> done with the show. <laughs> we could do it, yeah, just like a like a slow step. Yeah. What'd you do for Thanksgiving, Fat? <laughs> we'll, stutter, we'll start our way to the finish line. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my sister's house. In Long Island? That's correct. Mm. And we had, a, we had a big sing song. Did you? Yeah. What song did you sing? Uh, name it. <laughs> you name it, we sang it, baby. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it was a whole thing. We were shattering our stereotypes. You guys <laughs> all busy singing out we there. We were all busy singing. Mm-hmm. Dirty old town. <laughs> Dirty old town, whiskey in the jar. <laughs> I, th- I figured you guys would just sit around staring at each other. <laughs> well, there was a lot of that until the drink kicked in. We covered everything. <laughs> How's your old man doing? He's good. Yeah? Yeah, he's good. That guy was like played, 80 years old for 30 years ago. We played, we played <laughs> Colorado Kool-Aid by Johnny Paycheck for him. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, bring your guitar out. Pat knows how to play the guitar. Yeah. 
Come here. Come here. <laughs> I don't want to bring a come on. Come here. Go on. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving tune, you fuck. You fuck. You fuck. Play it to fuck. Play it to fuck. Play that song to fuck. Go on. Work away. He's queer handy with the guitar now, in fairness. <laughs> that boy is good. Well, that's it. I got nothing. I thought yeah, you... so there was Colorado Kool-Aid, and then there's a... Uh... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, Dirty Old Town, of course. Did you really play songs and stuff? No, I wasn't playing. Oh. We were fucking, we were cranking shit, and everybody was singing along. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, that sounds like a fucking swinging good time. I but... met my love <laughs> by, by the, the Faxworks Road. Dream the dream by the old canal. I, I kissed my girl. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember where there's a recent article I read somewhere. Article. Um somebody was interviewing his his girlfriend. Um and how he, you know he quit drinking now or whatever. And she was just describing she's been with him forever. Mm -hmm. Like for a really fucking long time. He has mm -hmm. teeth fixed and shit like that. And oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like he would wake up, you know, fucking didn't know how to not drink. You know? And oh, any, yeah, yeah. any social situation he's social. in. So shoot. Yeah. How old is he now? God. I don't know. Pickled? Mid 50s? Pickled. In, 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 in dog years. Yeah. Pickled. She's is... like, look, here's uh, my boyfriend Shane. He's happier than ever. He looks like yeah. he's got lobotomized. Yeah, you saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Big fucking set of fake teeth in his. Uh, yeah. Wheels in the wheelchair. Is like... <laughs> <laughs> Lipstick on a pig. <laughs> fucking silk hat on a pig, you know? Yeah. What is it? Uh, uh, silk. <laughs> Silk purse out of a sousier or something. I think that's what you're thinking. <laughs> my face got into a car accident with my life. By the factory wall. Dreamed a dream. <laughs> I could never get into this stuff, you know? I told you that guy Paul I worked with. I used to tell Pat the story all the time. This guy Paul Gavigan. Mm. So, Paul, why'd you leave Ireland? He goes, Jewish guy. Yeah, Jewish guy. <laughs> goes, I was sick of picking stones out of the fucking mud. <laughs> that and that fucking diddly die music. <laughs> like, I like this guy. This, this guy hates the two things about Ireland that you mm. that define it: picking stones out of the mud, picking stones, and listening to the diddly die music. <laughs> Legalizing condoms in 1997. <laughs> All right, boys, fuck away now. So. All right, fuck off yourself. All the fucking goats. <laughs> lost, like. You fucking need condoms for those girls. I'm still not putting that. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we legalize condoms now? If I can only find a girl who's not doesn't have her head of Jesus's ass, yeah. we can get it on. Christ on a pony. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> Did you guys sit? Casserole uh, <laughs> Zug is. This is his, <laughs> his his knowledge of Irish music goes as far as uh, shipping up to Vostron. <laughs> this, you know, actually, I like Correct the fucking. Tron, bro. The What's the band that professionally makes music for? Uh, sporting events. Black 47? No, no. not Black Drop, 47. Dropkick uh, Murphy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually like the drum sound on that stupid song. Dun, dun. The snare dun, sound. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I'm getting all crazy to watch sports! <laughs> <laughs> ah!
Here go comes nuts. your MMA fighter. <laughs> they picked up where John Tesh left off. <laughs> one man's on the ground. One man's kicking him in the face. <laughs> I stopped by the uh, the Blarney Rock the day after McGregor. I guess won a fight. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. where's that? Across the street from the Garden. Yeah. I'm not telling you. You're not telling me about your brother. She's trying to paint a picture for the yes, audience. Yes, yes, near Madison Square Garden. And so I guess the fight was at the Garden. It was the, it was it was like Sunday or Saturday. It was the next day, and these guys were still partying in the bar. The whole place, and the bar is the bar knows too. When there's like a Syracuse game, they hang up all sorts of Syracuse things. Now they got a big poster of the guy behind the bar, big Irish flags hanging everywhere. <laughs> They're like, as soon as these guys leave, they rip it down, and the next fucking you know the dog show comes in, they hang up a picture of dogs playing exactly. poker. A fucking t- <laughs> Here's a Yorkie. Yeah. They put down wee-wee pads. <laughs> wee-wee pads. That, uh, Yorkie friendly. That fucking dude, though, that McGregor. What's your favorite dog? Mine's a fucking Yorkie. Yeah, my dude. I'm a fucking kid. And we're in a bucket of blood Saturday morning. 10 o'clock. He gave... He my gave... favorite fucking dog is Mr. Snoots. <laughs> <laughs> He's purebred like... Fuck you. Fucking purebred like this. Purebred. purebred. Do you not like the the setter? Come on, you fucking Irish setter! It's a lovely fucking dog. They all fight. The guy from the Mets, Daniel Daniel Daniel. Murphy, has to come up to this song at bat because his name's Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Empty headed, knucklehead fuck. Are you saying he's vapid? Oh, man. He is, he is a empty, but he's a blank. He's a ba- he's the back of a clock, as as Pat's uncle would say, uh, Uncle Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy Maloney. We were doing. A, I was working with Jimmy Maloney, and he was doing a crossword puzzle as he liked to do on his lunch breaks. And I forget what the uh, he the clue was, but he's like, "Oh, do you know what that you know five letter word for?" And I go, "Oh, um, emote." And he goes. <laughs> Oh right, well, hula hands no back the fuck back of a fucking clock. He's <laughs> very proud of that. I'm like, right, cool. The boss thinks I'm I'm smart. I heard I heard a great one the other he's day. He's no finished carpenter. He's, <laughs> no, he's no he can fill out a crossword. You're he's still no, in this closet, you freak. He's no knife and fork operator. He's I heard, a good knife and fork man. I heard a good, I heard a good one the other day in fucking the beer keeper, the new joint. He, yeah. This dude said he's full of shit like a whale with no asshole. <laughs> Jesus! Some I forget who he was referring to. <laughs> forget who he was for, referring to, but that was worth it. Yeah. Oh man, I almost really screwed myself. Well, I didn't screw myself last night, but I would have been totally screwed. My brother lost his car key, oh. and he had driven my parents to Thanksgiving. Oh shit! And he's got the key like he usually keeps in the door or something because it doesn't fit on the key ring or it's broken. Fuck! Looking for this key for like half an hour in the apartment on the streets. Street. Now I know. Running around. I'm in Roslyn's, right? Oh, dip. I know that if I don't, if we don't find this fucking key, I got to drive my parents back to Long Beach. Yeah. And then drive all the way home. I'm not gonna be home till twelve thirty at night. It's the traffic, you know, as you can imagine. Was up. I'm like, this is gonna suck. I'm like, I'm finding this fucking key, buddy. So my dad's like, oh, you're gonna have no problem driving us back to Long Beach. I'm like, hey, do I have a choice? <laughs> he's like where are you going like, I'm going to find his key I look, I'm looking up on the on the streets and uh, look, my brother's got the whole car torn apart I the walk mean up there. streets of Roslyn I found that shit why didn't he keep it in the sun visor like in every fucking movie yeah right <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we should have just put, put those two wires together like in every movie yeah. what is Roslyn like though is that a nice neighborhood yes yeah, yeah. she lives she has like a condo in Roslyn Heights I believe oh Ooh. 
fancy. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very nice. It's off the beaten path. It's dark. It's like a little community in there. It's you know, it's it's very it's nice. Like a, very like a nice. little community. A little community. People live there and shit. Oh yeah, it's they dark. Some, I thought you said it was nice. They got some nice choochy bars over there too. They have a neighborhood association. <laughs> yeah. you blow your leaves off. <laughs> You're not allowed to park on the street uh, but, after eight o'clock. Uh, yeah, they got a, You know, they got a they got a, a parking lot for guests with like ten you don't spots. Have you don't have a stamp. Right. Because they don't want, you know, they want people paying for those parking spots or garage spots or whatever, I, I guess. Dick. Oh, no. Fucking ass. It's very nice over there. Very, very, very nice. You know, when you get off at, uh, is that Roslyn Road? Yes. And there's like, you know, Pat, you know the Porsche dealer there? I, not intimately. But do you know the place on the corner? No. Uh, the, uh, the por- there's a Porsche dealer there? There's a like, Porsche dealer there? Yeah, pretty close off the LIE. Like, uh, off the LIEs there? Yeah, maybe less than uh, a half mile, thinking, uh, half no, mile thinking, north of the LIEs. You're thinking like Northern, Northern Boulevard. Northern Boulevard, there. Yeah, Northern mm. Boulevard, yeah, by the, the viaduct. You make a right on Northern. <laughs> nah. Yeah, nah. that's right on Northern Boulevard. <laughs> I'm telling you, you get off the LIE, and I don't mm. know if it's Roslyn Road, yeah, you make a left. Diner. No, there's a different Porsche dealer over there. That's right, she's right down the block from there. <laughs> <laughs> Takes her an hour to the nah, city. I know how to find it. So busy. <laughs> Just don't park on the streets. Don't park on the streets. It's 8 o'clock. Yeah, you're taking a Valley Streams. What's Valley oh, Stream Valley like? Stream? No, not Valley Streams. Uh, uh, was it? Yeah, maybe it is Valley Streams. You can't Valley park Valley on the street. South. Valley Stream is like a Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah, yeah way off. Yeah, Valley Streams. You couldn't park on the street, right? Well, I can't park on the street no more. <laughs> Roslyn Road. <laughs> Thank you, Casserole Zugas. Roslyn Road. It's kind of Ca- like Bayonne. Cas- yeah. yeah. Leave it alone. From Bayonne, you leave it alone. Casserole Zugas is pretty much a writer on the show at this point. I appreciate it through the chat box. What would I do without you? He fucking wrote the Alice's Restaurant of the Barrage program. <laughs> yes, Gerard, our, uh, the Trump supporter on the chat box. Mario did get his jacket. I saw the note you left him. Very good. Uh, thank you for that. Jackets it. for everybody. Jackets for everybody. It's Trump's America. <laughs> yeah, they just, get shirts. She's just taking it. Mm, and uh, Mario's not coming in today because he's going to play a poker tournament in Douglas Tron. I was thinking about this, though. Bullshit. If he, if he busts out, he's coming over here. Yeah, well, they, they, he's, he's got no loyalty. So he could be here within 15 minutes or he might not show Hello, up. Hello, gentlemen of the barrage. He goes and plays with a bunch of Greek guys over there and leaves us hanging. I drove by the exact house last night, too. Did you the, really? Yeah, the traffic was bad, so I did a little uh, Douglas Tron <laughs> winding road thing there, you know, <laughs> to come out on Northern Boulevard. Yeah. And I drove right past that dude's house. I'm like, oh, shit, that's the freaking gigantic house where they have the poker tournament. Yeah, those, that's the most humorless fucking bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Last year, I ended up at the same table as you. There's five tables they put everybody tables. at. And it's 50 people in the basement. It's it's disgusting down there. It's gross. It's so fucking hot. Yeah. And, There's no uh, air moving. John was killing that night. You think John's normally funny? That night he was on fucking fire, and nobody was <laughs> laughing at his jokes except me. And I was bright red the whole time. That ten seconds where you can't breathe because you're laughing so hard. Yeah. Oh, I was doing. I was, I was making horse laugh sounds all night long. <laughs> Come on, awesome. you Greeks! <laughs> laugh, laugh, Greeks! What's wrong with you? Sick of these I kept telling one guy he looked like he was in the mafia. <laughs> oh yeah, because I get mad when I get when the guy takes a pot off me. I started insulting him personally. <laughs> I'm the biggest guy there. What diner do you work at? <laughs> yeah. This guy had a shotgun in his trunk. Fucking Neptune Diner. Yeah. It's, funny, it's funny, the Greeks in Astoria, though, they're not being displaced. They're holding it down still, you know? By, even though oh, they're, they're keeping it real. You know? Oh, yeah. They're not screwing around. It's awesome. Let's see what these Greeks are doing. What are these Greeks up to? That's it. 
that movie, The Birdcage, when he looks the he puts his glasses on to look at the plates, and they dump the soup in the, in the bowl <laughs> before he can take a look. I never saw that picture. It's, that's one of the funniest lines I ever heard in my life. When Gene Hackman puts so his glasses funny. on, he looks at the plate and he goes, "Let's see what these Greeks are doing." <laughs> they're fucking on the plates. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> they're men having sex. I think you almost gave me the hiccups. <laughs> 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 Uh, did I start that? You okay. won't believe number eight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, what'd you do for tax? <laughs> <laughs> well, I went out to to uh, to my mom's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she do? It, she's fine. It's all good. That old broad. She always she asks about on. you. Anyway, she asked about me. Yeah, because you like her posts and stuff. She's like, "How's Chooch Lahan?" Oh, that's nice. But anyway, tell every, her I said hello. Every, right on. Every time I go out and hang out with my folks, I, you know, I learn a new story, a new interesting tidbit of the past that they would hold back from me. Oh yeah. When I was too young. Yeah. To the get... older the, the older they get, they kind of like start letting that stuff uh, yeah. slide later. They, my stepfather was telling me we were we were driving down the L.A. or whatever, and the Comac. Comac, the town of Comac came up on one of the signs. Suffolk County town, Comac. Yeah, and he's like, you know, your, your mother, you, your mother and I, back in the day, we used to go to the Comac Motor Inn. Oh God! Wow. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? First, I have no point of reference. I didn't know the Comac Motor Inn was a hot sheets, you know. <laughs> yeah, what'd you think the Comac Motor Inn was? You know, a yeah. five star hotel. Right. But then he started telling me. What town is that? Is it Kojak? No, Steve. It's not Kojak. It's Komak. Uh, is it Kojak? Kojak, yeah, Long Island. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need to know this, dude. <laughs> you, know? you know? Next stop, Kojak. You know, son, it's been uh, so long. I think it's time I told you. Hey, there's the hotel. You used to bang your mom. Yeah. And then, and then he said, check she this out. She was a giver. A caring nurturer. <laughs> oh. She was she, quite. She was something else, boy. I'll tell you, she was a real firecracker back in the day. <laughs> then, then he said she recommended the uh, the Q Motor Inn. Yeah, the Q Motor Inn, famous Queens Hot Sheets Motel with the jungle room, jungle. And the, the spaceship room, or something, and then they have like the JFK the assassination room in the janitor's closet. <laughs> Where's the JFK assassination room? Yeah. Back into the left. Back into the left. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, let me see a grassy Just knoll. Go back there and go to the left. <laughs> the classy knoll. <laughs> That'd be my room. The classy knoll. <laughs> my favorite Irish bar. The classy knoll. You were drinking there last week. The happy hour with the boys. Me and Kitty Genovese. <laughs> Oh my! I just watched that documentary. You get, the Kitty Genevieve's room is you. You keep hitting the room service, and no one comes no to one help. Comes. <laughs> the light is on, but nobody arrives. Yeah, nobody the, comes. The, the room you pick is up sound, the phone. There's no dial tone. It's soundproofed. There's tarp all over the fucking floor. Oh, it's been fifty years. Too soon. Yeah, everyone Google Kitty Genevieve. Google. <laughs> the Kitty Genevieve's room. <laughs> yeah, I almost missed that. Classy <laughs> Oh, this is the stupidest show we've ever done. The classy knoll sounds like a Simpsons bar. It's always in the chat box saying he would fuck in the JFK assassination. Thank you so much. You gotta go back into the left. Oh, you, you gotta get a threesome in there. You get a second shooter. Like, oh. Sorry. <laughs> much like Kennedy's White House. 
Yeah. She fucked my brains out in that room. <laughs> Jesus, that ain't right. <laughs> it's a sad state of affairs when I draw a line. It's good. She fucked my brains out, and then she reached over and tried to clean up the brains <laughs> with her hands. You go in there, and the bed is like is a limo car with the <laughs> thing. It it's, like, it's, a... <laughs> it's a Lincoln Continental. <laughs> or, it was a con- or was that a LTD? Was they right. call it the motorcade. It's, I can only get hard when the, when Secret Service guys are jogging next to the bed with their hands on their ears. <laughs> can I get a little more blood splatter, please, on the Excuse fucking me. on this Secret Service agent's shirt, please? Oh, bad. <laughs> if the girl doesn't show up. You have to Jack Ruby. Uh, that was good. I'm sorry. You know what I liked what you said today? What was it? Uh, the Wesson joke that you inserted into Florence Henderson? It was deck? like six what? o'clock in the morning. I'm like, I gotta get in the ground floor here. Yeah. What did you say? <laughs> John's got t- like right, alerts on his phone. No, she's, she's Guess who's us. dead? The seven o'clock <laughs> people at Johnny Come Lately's at that point. Uh, she's taught us many life's lessons. <laughs> Johnny Come Early. There used to be a. Uh, I forget. Uh, she was a spokesperson for Wesson Canola Oil. Right. I thought that was funny. She was. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> and she has sex with Greg Brady. That's for the older crowd, the older Brady Bunch uh, generation. Yeah, apparently Greg Brady threw a leg over that. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing, man. Mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> I was also thinking about po- posting a picture of the Brady Bunch. When, when do you think he got the leg over on her? Was it the, it was the, the second Hawaii time. episode? I think it's when the show started falling apart and <laughs> yeah. everybody had afros. Yeah, right. and they brought the Hawaii back. episode with the I think tiki. Was, yeah, I think they were all on coke at that point. It was mm. just fucking, <laughs> here we go, it's night time. And the Evil. father was on poppers. <laughs> was he? Well, the big scandal yeah, with him was, you know, nitrate. he was a gay dude. He died of AIDS, and they tried to, like, you know, they didn't, said he died of, like, colon cancer or something because they didn't yeah. want it to come out, I guess. He, the, he died of Rock Hudson. He, 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 yeah. Like... That guy, that poor guy. Uh, that that Greg Brady guy, you know, he looks kind of, like kind of a creep. I, you, I don't give a fuck about him. Poor bastard, I feel bad for the dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Brady guy and the Peter Brady guy grew up to be kind of a jerk off too. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he was on that uh, reality show. Yeah, he's married to that 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 woman. He was. Yeah. Oh, they're they're uh, divorced. Maru. I think so. Yeah. Maru. Maru. I'm sure the Happy Days people are doing mm. okay though. Yeah. Kind, of, kind of a model. Colette was just watching uh, Laverne and Shirley inside. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then I realized, I guess it was like a documentary on Gary yeah, Marshall. Exactly. Uh, did you see the big ragu? She fired up Laverne and Shirley after you changed the fucking tubes in the television. Car- Car- Carmine was the big ragu. <laughs> yes, casserole too, because the Brady Batch. Very good. Nice. Penny Marsh fucking, what's her? She had Marshall. A, every single one of her shirts was monogrammed with an L. <laughs> JK in the chat box saying Sherwood Schwartz. Thank you. <laughs> I remember that guy. Swimming in money. Exactly. And uh, the, the, uh... the quick thing I gleaned from walking through the living room was that uh, Tuesday night was like the death night on TV. And Lorraine and Shirley still made it to the top spot. Number one show. Oh, word. Amazing accomplishment. Good for them. Yeah. They, they, they made it. Marshall. <laughs> Is Penny Marshall, Marshall. alive? She's alive, yeah. yeah. She? Yeah. Oh, Gary Marshall just died, right? Yeah. Yeah. Marshall. 
She's on Fuck you, 2016. He was a yeah. he was a jazz drummer too when he was a kid. Yeah, Isn't that Florence funny? Henderson was 82 years old. So was Leonard, Leonard Cohen. I don't think 2016 is to blame. They were old. Yeah, exactly. They were yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, leave the calendar People out of this die. argument. I can't believe 2016. The man was 82. 2016 sucks. I know, like an old man. It's been 50 years since her landmark role on television. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> old. As long as she's yeah. been old. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's been a long time. I've been old 50, before you were born. 50 years since she tugged off Greg Brady. <laughs> it's like five years old in vaudeville or something like that. Yeah, I have some, ta- I have some tape of that. Hello, yes. baby. Old timey. This is Florence Henderson, and I'm so five years dark. old. I speak like I'm 37. I, I like the old-timey piano better as a background for fucking, um, what was his name? The, the drawings dude? What was that character? My favorite. <laughs> the, um, the, the patent dude. guy? Fucking the old-timey patent old, attorney? Oh, yeah. Distraught old-timey patent applicants or whatever. <laughs> patent applicants. <laughs> These men. I've seen I would like to... Florence Henderson's act. I would like to... Ornery, ornery old-timey patent applicant. (laughs) (laughs) Patent the act immediately. What? I can't patent someone else's act? Why, she's a woman by God. Deposit this query. (laughs) Sir, deposit your drawings at the bottom of the pile. The friendly, smiley mother. That's my character. Perhaps this uh, sawbuck will change your mind. (laughs) Put the mind towards the top of the pile. And pray I don't change the deed any further. (laughs) (laughs) Also, these railroad drawings are all as 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 are submitted every week, I will also submit those. Don't forget about those. Here's a here's a crisp dollar bill for you to turn up the heat two degrees. There's <laughs> a paper on why the cotton gin is bullshit, in my opinion. Horse horse feathers. I've invented a better one. This is a farce I came up with the printing press before. And uh, Star Wars. <laughs> and Star Wars. I came up with all the ideas for Star Wars. This is a farce. Me and Shakespeare. That's the uh, that's the new movie. That's what the new movie's about. I think the uh, patent guy goes and submits the drawings for the Death Star, and they have to steal them. <laughs> we need to get your drawings. It's an interplanetary drawing. The rebels would love to have these drawings. <laughs> the rebels can't wait to get their hands on this. Pay no mind. Pay no heed to the uh, exhaust duct there. That's good. I'm going to take that out. Forthwith. Oh, of course, oh, we'll oh, have oh. to build through savage lands. Do you, think, <laughs> do you think the child of a moisture farmer could take these plans? There are many exhaust ports on the Death Star. What's your point? <laughs> Refer to Just figure 32. <laughs> Submit the patent, boy. Do your job. Refool, refer to rule 42. <laughs> Brad wants to know uh, if we ever got the backstory on why Mike and Carol from the Ready Bunch showed up to the second marriages with three kids apiece. I don't know. You, you, fucking you. Snap and gyro. <laughs> <laughs> wow. She's got snap and gyro. Baby. This show, like, if you're listening to the show for the first time, waiting for the Matt Cadane interview, it's usually not this filthy. I don't know what's going on? We're sure, we don't have people to rein us in today. <laughs> Call in. We're not like Mario and Tommy Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, to point at me. The voice is a reason. Uh, I don't know what. Yeah, that's that's the problem. I don't have Tommy pointing at me. Right. And Usually we're so busy right. trying to control Mario. <laughs> Tommy's on his phone and then he looks Rangu. at the points, points at people. We're trying to Rangu Mario. <laughs> uh, 
Tommy points are way less useful than Amex points. They make this. What's in your wallet? Write it down. What's in your wallet? Oh, my drawings. <laughs> What's a wallet? <laughs> it's called a billfold. <laughs> Good God, man. That's a amazing idea. <laughs> my money is the size of a fucking report card. <laughs> Would Where'd pay you with this money? I, I made would it myself. Pay with commissary. <laughs> commissary. <laughs> commissary. Galactic space notes. <laughs> I made this money myself. Here's my drawings. <laughs> His first book, My Drawings. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, if you made like a currency out of like tin and then you were rich enough to like buy all the tin and be like, ha ha ha. Uh, tin is now the most rare metal of all. I've cornered the market. <laughs> I'm a, I'm it pays a... dividends. <laughs> I still laugh about it all by myself, that character. It's my favorite character. Ah, man. It's a lot of fun to do. A lot of fun, good, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I submitted the drawings really for that guy. Nobody something. steal my character because I will have that guy come sue you <laughs> for the patent. That'd be really indignant ironic. copyright. Yeah, and indignant patent applicant. It's like, dude, I'm fucking putting the ap- application. You're so pissed off. You pissed off. I like this new character, the the, the, the unswayed patent uh, yeah. worker. I'm putting the it person, in. <laughs> I get it. Railroad, choo choo. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Got right. it. Yeah. I get it. It's all there in my drawer. <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. All right. Fine. fine. I'm. I'm just. I'm the guy. Yeah, the exactly. office. I'm going to file it. Like, fucking get over it. <laughs> Don't you want to look at them? Indignant, indignant patent person. Worker guy. <laughs> fucking clerical. Indignant clerical pawn. patent. For this character to work, you have to you have clerical. to imagine he's the guy, that Irish actor from uh, Star Star Trek, Dan. What's yeah. the guy's name? Colmini. Oh, Colmini. Right? Colmini, yeah. That's, that's, that's based on... He, yeah, it is based on that cat, right? Every time we hear Cole Meany's name, I just think of Kevin Meany. Kevin Meany. Oh, uh, poor Kevin Meany. We're big pants people. <laughs> Gets me the Swede. <laughs> Kevin Meany lived his. He lived on the same half hour act for thirty years. Yeah, like, you know. We're that's... big pants people. <laughs> he had another catchphrase. What was it like? It's was a 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 eat my short. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was another one. Yeah, what was it? It's not right. They're on the box. That's, that's not right. Yeah, that one. Yeah. And then he pulled a piece on airport security or some shit. Oh, like. fuck. Yeah. About that. <laughs> it's surprising that a guy with two catchphrases who worked him for 30 years would go nuts. Yeah. Eventually, I'm snap. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that anybody at Logan Airport could find a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> That's not right. We're big pants people. That's not right. <laughs> he did the uncle. Rest Buck in pilot. peace, sir. <laughs> and there's our tribute to. Kevin we will Meany. eulogize every hump. There's our, there's our tribute dies. to Cole Meany. Cole Meany. <laughs> he was good. The Ayatollah Cole Meany. I will. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's confusing. Fucking sand. Ayatollah Komi. 
It that's works a, for any That's a told. Weird Al parody song right there. <laughs> From like 87. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. He has to go back in time to when it, was, when it mattered. <laughs> <laughs> All I can think about is Homer's Ayatollah asshole. <laughs> <laughs> But the one letter blocked off, yeah. right? Or folded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works for any Ayatollah. It's all called me. I want you in a full burqa by tomorrow morning. Could you please put something on? Wear big pants, people. Put all of your pants on over your head. Cover yourself, woman. I saw your face. Now I have to stone you. <laughs> I see a little bit of ankle there. The stoning will begin at dawn. Anku. As soon as I finish working this transporter. <laughs> he's got a fucking crank like an egg beater. <laughs> yeah. an egg beater. You're, you're mixing like it's like the, he's he's running a railroad. He's on Star Trek. Yeah. He's exactly. he's, he's an a, Ayatollah. He's got a hat like the Monopoly man. <laughs> Monopoly man. Wow, this is getting more and yeah. more dense. We need more more than 12 writers for this one. Uh, where's Tommy? I need somebody to point at me. We need somebody to periscope. He's a periscoping motherfucker, isn't he? No, he's a Facebook Live. Live! Facebook oh, Live. He's pointing that freaking camera around with the... Swinging it around. Oh All right, busy. enough. Like, have, have you ever watched like more than two minutes of a Facebook Live video? No, no. no. But he tapes it for like an hour. It's like, all right, enough. Oh, he really does it the whole time, really? Yeah, but I mean, uh, people watch it. I guess it gets them into it. They know the show's on. I think it's a good idea. I think he's got people that do that, yeah. Sit there and watch the whole thing? No, when you're on Facebook, though, you're you're fucking around. Yeah, you're fucking around Facebook, and you're not, you know, you want to move on to the next thing. It's not a good platform for television. No, exactly, yeah. Especially unless, unless you have like two computers. All right, Pat, I get it. Pat's <laughs> pointing his phone in my face like Tom Yorks to drive me nuts because every time I fall for it, I look over. I think he really is trying to tell me something. Do you not keep tape on your computer anymore? You what used do you to mean? Keep, you used to have the piece of tape over the camera. Oh, yeah, it's, I forgot. I took it, it off because it was dirty and I cleaned it. And then, ah, shit. So are you on the air right now? Well, it's not the same uh, setup as it was, right? Uh, I, uh, yeah, that, that was, was, that was of, uh, live stream. Live stream. Yeah, now we're on Radio Nope, and uh, one of the features is there's no camera. <laughs> That's in the new in Conan's patent. In the news. Conan Meany went in with his patent. <laughs> my idea is to eliminate the camera capabilities. They won't look at my drawing. <laughs> I don't want anybody to see. What the hell happened to my shit? I don't know. Uh-oh. Whoa! The problem. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. All right, now how do we amalgamate Conan Neutron, Cole Meany, and Hi. indignant patent applicant guy. You know? Hi. That's too much. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> it's too like much. to apply for a patent? There's too many layers. Yeah. we got to take a break. Huh. And uh, when we come back at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Ayatollah Khomeini calling in? Ayatollah Khomeini calling in. Like we had the Trump supporters on, Ayatollah. now we're going to hear out the Ayatollah. Ayatollah Kevin Meany. <laughs> Ayatollah Kevin Meany. <laughs> we're burka people. We're burka people. <laughs> Go upstairs and put your burka on. Look at, get a load of this guy. Your father is going to something. Get Mr. a load of this guy. <laughs> Mr. Nineteen Fifty. It's killing your father. <laughs> Oh, oh, I don't care. I don't care. Oh, yeah, I like that. I don't care. <laughs> your father's going to be home any minute. Upstairs and put care. your burka on. I don't care. 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 I don't care.
don't care. <laughs> Ayatollah Kevin Mayne. We're burka people. Ayatollah Bromaney. Come on, you can't walk it around like that. You can't. You'll get stoned to death out there. <laughs> Your father, when he comes home, is going to stone you to death. It'll be medieval. <laughs> Sharia law for the love of Jeff. It's <laughs> my daughter, Sharia. Jeff's in the closet. <laughs> Come downstairs wearing your tight burqa. There's like an hour. That's his act. There's like an hour of that. Can't wear it with your tight burqa the on. People in the audience shooting themselves in the head. <laughs> Walking around with your tight burqa on. Hour two. Everybody can almost see your jowls. That's not right. <laughs> That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> we lost another uh, audience member. There's a 600 drink minimum. Take a break. I don't know how to do this. I, I, get, I get sidetracked again. <laughs> what, a, what a show. I like that Ayatollah Kevin Meany is as old timey ragtime. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense, but he's also he's from the late 1800s, apparently. It's just it's tonally confusing. <laughs> I don't care. We're mixing all the cards. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> you want real characters that aren't funny? Go watch Saturday Night Live. Nothing to do with that. Uh, John, when we go to break, can you play uh, Hillary singing Hallelujah? Yes, I can. That'd Are you ready great. to cry? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, I will do that immediately. I'm going to cry. <laughs> Look at him, bust out crying. <laughs> cry anyway. Oh, freaking people crying over that. Get a grip. Get a grip. Shit. We'll be back after this. Thank you. Matt Kinane coming up. Radio Nope.
And uh, yeah, oh, where are my headphones at? Matt uh, just called me on my uh, cell phone, so you should be calling in the yeah, right. calling number. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know anyone from uh, Ithaca, so I just assumed it was him. We'll be talking to Matt Cadane here, right here, live from the Barrage Radio Nope, in just a second. Hey, Matt. Hey, okay. Hey, that's John. Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, great. Thanks for calling in, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks Thanks for having me. Uh, what are you, in uh, upstate New York? I am, yeah, and yeah. uh, just outside of Ithaca in the Finger Lakes. Uh, nice. You know where that is. Yeah. No, Dude, I heard part. they got the uh, the Riesling wine up there because of the soil or something. Is that true? <laughs> I don't know what I'm the, say that again, the recently what? The, 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 uh, isn't like a, the, my wife drinks this Riesling wine? Oh, oh, Riesling wine. No, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's yeah, a, it's, oh, it's, the, a, it's a big deal now. It's, it's yeah. a big deal. And they're bringing the cider, too. Are they? A lot of cider. Yeah, I think there are 100-plus wineries up here now, and there's a bunch of cider and wow. um, and beer and liquor. So, 
you know, I, I think maybe it was Ohio, but I think AA started right around here. So this is, you know, this has been alcohol country for a long time. <laughs> AA started up there? <laughs> I, you know, it, maybe it was Ohio, but it's the same, you know, same vibe. Just do you, uh, as, a, as a resident of uh, this region, do you, is there, I always wondered this, because when I go out to, uh, upstate to like Warwick or something, these wineries and everything, they have these signs around like five miles an hour slow, and they, they know, like there's, is there a, a, an agreement between the town, and the police, and the people? Like a wink, wink. Like, all right, we're not going to pull people over around the winery. We're not going to like set up shop because yeah, like, it'd be like shoot, the... shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, I I lived in Massachusetts for about ten years, and it was that way. I mean, you couldn't drink enough to get pulled over. I mean, there's just <laughs> nothing you could do. Um, and you know, briefly, I was I friends with a. Of a guy who was friends with a cop, or I was not briefly friends with that guy, but I was friends with a guy who I, I think you know was hanging out with this cop for a couple of years, and uh, I, you know, I did something with those guys once, and um, <laughs> you know the cop, the cop wanted to. We we went to see a movie, and the cop was like, "Wait a minute, we're forgetting something," and he and he told my friend to go back and get a six pack so we could drink it on the way. Yeah. Um, it's like dying to get pulled over so he could flash his badge. I mean, that's partly what it was about. But we, we go to the movie. He wanted to act obnoxious. He was doing everything he could to get the attention of a cop. I mean, this is a cop. And, and you know, he knew there was no way it was going to happen. But New York is, um, when we first moved out here, uh, I, I have kind of a, a long commute, and I spend a lot of time on, you know, rural roads. And, um, you know, I saw roadblocks a couple of times. I got pulled over um, at these checkpoints. So, you know, they're, I, they, at least to me, they feel more serious about it. But that may be because I'm comparing it to to Massachusetts where nobody cared. Um, so it's not as bad as Texas. Texas, they do pull you over quite a bit more. Yeah, so. I just figured maybe the, uh, you know, somebody tells the, there has to be like some conversation that goes on in the back where they tell the cops, like, listen, this is, these wineries are our whole economy. You can't be you know, exactly. right. shutting people, pulling people over. And, you know, the wineries get yeah. pissed. They come talk to me, and then I got to talk to you. And basically, we, well, you know, I think I think what happens is that they they get these big limousines and tour buses, and so you know they yeah, make yeah. their money if people don't drive, and, and right. they do encourage that kind of thing. Right. I'm not encouraging. I'm saying every no one should. I never drink and drive anymore. We, we, I think we it's just crazy. Know what we could get away with? Yeah, yeah. Don't basically. don't yeah, do it. Right. Thank you. Right. Well, that that's, makes sense. So. That's, that's a good the, theory. I don't know. That's the interview. Thanks for calling All right, in, Matt. Thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thanks. Sorry. Thanks uh, Matt, I should, upstate scene with I, Matt Cadane. That's the upstate report. I should uh, announce to the audience <laughs> who Matt is. I'm sure everyone who's listening now knows anyway. Uh, Matt's in a band called Overseas. He's in a band called Bedhead, of course. He was in a band called The New Year. He's a professor of history. And and you have to confirm confirm this for us or deny it, I, I suppose. Uh, the in, are you the, you and your brother and uh, Steve are the co-inventors of crap not crap? Is that correct? That is that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> which is the most esteemed title <laughs> of of all those, in my opinion. But uh, how did uh, so we, we uh, how does crap not crap happen? Because we whenever we have a guest on, we from the electrical board, we end up playing that game on the show. It's been it's oh, a, that's pretty funny. A big that's source really funny. of a huh. source of amusement and fun for everybody, you know. And uh, uh, oh, that's so, hilarious. Uh, um, well, somebody, you know, I knew somebody invented a, an app. I guess at one point there was a, a crap not crap app. I Did saw that. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that. Well, you know, I we when we met Steve, um, I, I guess it was ninety. Five or ninety six, we were uh, we we hadn't yet recorded our last record. 
with him, but we went up to his house when he had a studio set up in his house, and, and we, we recorded a few songs. And um, we hadn't really, you know, we hadn't directly crossed paths. We'd written each other quite a bit. I mean, you know, letters back then. You wrote people letters. Yeah. What year and, was uh, this around? 95? Uh, 90, I think this was, actually, no, it was 96. I guess it was 96 because we had, um, it, you know, late 95 or 96. But um, we uh, were, I think we only had a couple of days up there, and we were really trying to get to, to know each other. And so, you know, we just started, we needed a quick way. It's like, would you like this or do you like that? Do you like this? You know, so we were like, all right, well, this, crap or not crap? Right. Uh, and he was like, oh, I don't know, crap. Uh, and, you know, then we came up with something else. It was like, not crap. Like, really interesting. Not crap. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. Maybe that is not crap. By the way, that's a pretty it's, good uh, Albini impersonation. You got <laughs> <laughs> just close every opening in your throat off. And you can do it. Totally, um, totally not crap. But it's, uh, it's so, you know, and then we, we started playing this game called Rank um, because we, right. we needed more nuance. And it was like, all right, we'll rank the following three things. You know, it's, it's, it's got to be more complicated than crap, not crap, we were thinking. so, And so we would, um, you know, we would come up with it. I think that was something on the electrical board right. for a while. Yeah. Um, but rank, that, where that you, would, you know, you, generated a lot of funny stuff. You would throw out uh, the names of, you know, three or four bands or something like that, and you'd have to rank them in order. Right? Yeah, and there was like there was always um there was always a, a connector. Um so it was like I don't know, I remember my my brother somebody said, you know, uh like the the white stripes, white zombie or yeah. you know, a little a little white dried out turd on the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, you know, and it was just and that, that was a tough one. That was actually a really tough, tough one. Uh, it's, I it's, think I think White Stripes won that one. Yeah, it's, um, I was just about to say, way. like it's it's fun to watch the person squirm if they have to <laughs> right, exactly. if they have to rank White Stripes number one. Yeah, and, number one, yeah. number one. You just said they're number one. Oh, you love the White Stripes? They're your favorite. Yeah, band. God. <laughs> that's right. It the seems to be relative at that moment that you get somebody to say something like that on the, the right, record. The White right. Stripes came but, out um, number one over a number two. Over number two, a turd, yes, a white turd on the on the yeah, ground. Yeah, that's right. Easily, easily never did. I mean, I think the turd was number one just because it was a good image. Um, and but yeah, you know, that that I you know that there's there is something I guess more elegant about crap, not crap, and it's it's just in its point. It's simplicity. The original, uh, some of the audience knows this. The original inception of crap not crap was you couldn't qualify your answer right you just had to say whether they're crap or not crap and you could be like well exactly. because the first two albums and this and that you know we we let we allow people a little leeway here because it leads to uh crazy conversations about this. the waffle factor you get to you get to yeah. a real insight into the mind of someone who craps the ramones or something like that. yeah right exactly well, no that's right and then we uh I think at one point, and part of that same, you know, early phase of the relationship, we were we were playing guilty pleasure too, and yeah, um, <laughs> you know that I I have to give Albini credit because you know we we were talking about bands that were guilty pleasures, and, and he was like, um, I'd have to say the Gin Blossoms. What? Yeah, wow. What? He was like, I, I really love that song, Hey Jealousy. That was a great <laughs> And are you serious? Like, and, wow. you know, only only in the last few months, I heard that song not too long ago. I was like, yeah, maybe he was right. There's something to that song. Yeah. You know, it's funny because um, we, we used to do the show with another guy named Dave Harrison, and he, he was like, 
really into, I he didn't expect that at all. He would steadfastly defend the gin blossoms. He, he would scream Wait, that they yeah. were the, the Beatles of the 90s. Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that might be true, um, but they're still a terrible band. Uh, no, that, that yeah, that was... Uh, it's funny that... You know, there, I guess there was a suicide, there was a complicated story, the singer really got screwed out of everything. I, you know, I don't right. remember the details. I, but, some, some, the, yeah. guy, the guy who, uh, who uh, ended up uh, killing himself, I think, wrote all the songs or something. I, I forgot. Right. Yeah. He was too portly uh, to be in the yeah. band. And um, the, uh, yeah, uh, like, I think Steve crapped the Beatles. But he loves the gin blossoms, apparently. <laughs> oh no, absolutely! Yeah, I think I think you. <laughs> that's right. I mean, if if that's all you knew about the guy, you know, ten thousand years from now, all you know is that he hated the Beatles and loved the gin blossoms. You, know, you wouldn't know much. That's his legacy. But <laughs> that's his legacy, right? Exactly. He's a good rise player. <laughs> Nirvana guy who hates Beatles and loves gin blossoms passes away at eighty-four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legendary producer Steve Almini, you put that in there too. Right. Recordist, known known for his love of the Gin Blossoms. Well, and, you know, and at least he said, "I like that song." End of the story. I mean, he, you know, he did try to defend it, and I think my brother said something like, "Yeah, you know, whatever he said, he was like, that's not guilt. That's just pleasure." And right. I, you know, that's not the way you play the game. Yeah, you, like, you, is there? I know there are people who say there's no such thing, is yeah, there, right? Yeah. Dan, well, right, was, right. You know, it's either you like something or you don't. I, I suppose, but. But that's not the way they do it. I guess, I guess the way you play the game is to say something that you know is indefensible by your aesthetic criteria. And I, cause I, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't think Steve could say, um, I like songs that sound like, Hey, jealousy. It's like for some insane reason, I like that song. It sounds like everything I hate, but I like that song. And, and he had a backstory, which nuanced the whole thing, but it wasn't really about his judgment for music. And when you get into the you know into the zone of saying no, that's that's just great. Well, then you're basically saying it meets your criteria and it ceases to be guilty pleasure. Right. But you're right; it is sort of a, uh, a you know an oxymoron, I guess. Um, you sh- if it's pleasure, you shouldn't feel too guilty. Did you guys get any recording done in the session? Or <laughs> just no, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't. We had to go back and and redo those two songs. Um, they were nobody's pleasure you know guilty or otherwise but. But, well but like working with your brother like you've mentioned your brother already a couple of times and what like, yeah was it ever like a kink situation was it tough working no with no brother? not not for us uh i mean i maybe when we were like you know nine and eleven or something but we we had a, we had a couple of physical fights around that era and you know just exhausted ourselves and basically came to a gentleman's agreement and said let's never do that again that was <laughs> we're stuck with was, each other so let's taxing we're stuck with each other, you know, um, and uh, we've always, you know, we've always gotten along really well. I mean, you know, uh, it's, we we seem to have worked out a way of, of dealing with with each other. We're different enough, but we have, a, you know, very similar approach to a lot of different things. And, well, and I mean, so, you guys are incredibly um, prolific together. Like you've you've done tons of stuff. Well, I yeah, I mean, over over the years, I guess if you you know over. Um, yeah, you know, I just, we just moved, uh, my wife and daughter and I just moved and I, you know, I still carry around all these cassettes that we've made, uh, I mean, cassettes that we made a really long time ago and we would make four track. Well, we started making cassette 
versions of music a, a really long time ago on my dad's dictaphone and back when Capitol, you know, the, the record company Capitol made all cassettes. And so it, it seemed like you made a record because it said Capitol <laughs> on, on just a shitty cassette. But, right. you know, I was mo- moving all this stuff around and, you know, I guess, yeah, and, and that's... If, at that moment, we felt really prolific. It's just all bullshit. It's unlistenable, terrible music. But um, since we've been releasing records, I wish we were more prolific because we haven't. Uh, I mean, thank you for saying that. But um, over, I guess, you know, twenty, twenty-one or twenty-two years of of releasing records, or maybe almost twenty-five, actually. Now that I think about it, um, you know, we. I, I wish we had more LPs, but. That well yeah. of that well of uh, four track stuff. You are, are you guys ever tempted to sort of dip back into it? Maybe revisit that stuff. Uh, some of it, you know, we we did. Um, uh, Numero Group, the label, did a, a box set release of the Badhead stuff last year or the year before last year, and um, for the um, the first singles that Badhead released, which we did on on four track, we went back to the four track to try to remaster that stuff. And, right on. Uh, you know, it was cool to to go back and um, and you know hear that those cassettes actually hold up really well. I mean, you know, I was surprised because I had I think one of the songs and Bubba had the other, and um, I had done a lot of moving, and the heat never warped the cassettes or anything like that. And yeah. you know, I have a much harder much harder time going back and uh, you know finding compatible digital files and that's just oh, yeah. going back 10 years right but, you can always reach into the box and uh pull out a cassette you know and uh, you yeah. know, I, i'm surprised too every cassette that i put in my machine or almost all of them work fine i don't know what everyone's talking about <laughs> i mean my cassettes sit out here in the weather in the summer in the winter and they, they right they're fine i mean they, they sound as shitty as they did when i first bought them. day one <laughs> they're <laughs> as whack as day one yeah uh, right no it's true well you know i mean a regular like a pre-recorded cassette or whatever was just um you know, half half of the record was on side one of the record was on you know sort of one half of that tape, and then the other side was on the other half. And when you um, when you made four track recordings, you were making better use of you know the real estate on the tape. So right. oh, yeah, yeah, things things do sound better that way. But um, I mean, in some things, have been damaged. And there is nothing worse than when something gets eaten up by a tape head, and you know yeah. you're just faced with this little plastic cartridge, and there's nothing you can really do about right. it. So yeah. like, real, real. We used to record on the on the well, Patrick and I, Patrick, who's here with me, my co-host on a, a four track cassette a lot. And, uh, John, so I like oh, that. Yeah. I like the format. I think everything sounded good. On John, <laughs> John used to show up. My only caveat was you have to show up with your own tapes, and John would show up with like used cassettes that he got for like ninety nine <laughs> yeah. cents. So, like, you know, you'd have a John Houlihan song, and then it would end, and it'd be like, Tonight's the night! Well, yeah, exactly. like, right. Rod Stewart We're going to record our masterpiece, so, you know, over the... I would uh, never like tape... Boss, yeah, exactly. I, would, yeah. I would never tape over Rod Stewart tape. That's my guilty pleasure, you Pat. Sure do. <laughs> It'd stuff little pieces of paper in those in those holes. Yeah, exactly. Or you buy... We, the, we, yeah, I'd, we, I'd we use Scotch tape, but... Yeah, yeah exactly. I'd show up right. with tapes and give them to Pat, and I'm like, hey, I bought these tapes, man. They say, like, metal on them, so it should chrome. be cool, you know, chrome or something. You know, just, just right. Garbage. Uh, right. No, that was that was sort of an amazing thing when someone showed us a long time ago that if you just covered up those tabs, you could record over oh, yeah. all of the everything. bullshit music that you had bought. <laughs> and you know, and this was, I mean, that like, that was the, you know, the record industry's 
way of you not destroying their product and just like punch out these yeah. two holes. <laughs> some, you can some tape over them in five seconds. CEO is like, we're going to punch out those tabs, man. Is he, they're killing us. They're killing us. Right. <laughs> Got a plan. I'm never going to know. I'll never have the code. Uh, I wonder yeah. if that was done. I guess it was done by a machine, right? Or I hope there wasn't some kid sitting there all day punching yeah, those freaking tabs out of things. Some kid. Uh, uh, Dan brought up the um, the unreleased stuff, and uh, the listeners have a question about an unreleased The New Year album and a Bedhead album of jazz standards. Are these things real? Uh, well, you know, the, the, the New Year thing is real for sure. The record's finished, um, and we're, you know, in the process of, like, you know, manufacturing it we're oh, not nice. exactly sure what the release date is going to be um, we hope you know, around may uh, like may or, or you know probably probably may um we'll know i guess in a month or so is but, that uh um, do you guys have a uh, record label for that one yeah so we're actually releasing this with uh this guy named bob andrews who has a company called undertow music um which is more a management company but he's a guy yeah, who I've we met um, several years ago, he he was a friend of of Matt Barnhart's, um, who yeah. has been recording a bunch of stuff with us, and and um, so I think we met him through Matt first, maybe, and then we met him through David Bazan, who we um, toured with. We, we play he plays in under in in overseas with uh, with with me and Bubba, and and he's so anyway. So yeah, Bob manages Bazan. He also manages Will Johnson. Um, who was also in overseas, and so we got to know Bob a lot better when we were doing stuff with with that band. And he came out and toured with us for a while. Just an incredibly nice guy, super nice guy. So we just we decided to release the overseas record through him. That ended up, you know, being great. And um, so we're going to do this the same way. Um, so it's you know it's I guess it's almost like we're releasing it ourselves, but he's helping out uh, with a lot of stuff up front and. Um, and then it'll be in stores. It'll you know be there'll be vinyl. It'll be available for you know download, and there'll be CDs and all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, so I yeah May I guess. And um, sounds like me opening my bar May I guess May I guess. So there's a new yeah. there's there's <laughs> well, a, yeah, I mean that's the idea. That's the hope. But I, you never know because of the the vinyl manufacturing. Stuff. When so what what year was this uh was this uh, material recorded? Yeah, it's pathetic, but this record was recorded. I mean, it's, it's like nine years ago when we released the last New Year record. We we toured a bunch for that record. And then um, as soon as we got back, we started recording stuff for this this new one. So these the, the oldest stuff on this record was recorded in 2009. Right. Um, okay. And, uh, you know, I don't think anybody would know what was recorded when. I mean, it's it's all kind of like... You know, timeless only insofar as it's about the same stuff over and over again. But um, there is a certain timelessness to it because we we're just like broken records. Right. You're hard on you're kind of hard. I read a couple of interviews. You're kind of hard on yourself as a musician and a singer and stuff, right? I mean, like you know, don't, do, do, you, do you have? A hard, I, no, I mean, I I don't know. It's just do you, you have know, a hard time you, giving you, yourself I, credit. It's funny. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, do you have a hard time giving yourself credit? Do you have you know? Yeah, sometimes I, I, I listen to things and I I think, oh, this is great. I'm I'm so happy. And then I you know I don't know what the circumstances are that lead me to feel that way. And then something changes. I have no idea what it is. Yeah. And then I'm like, God, okay, can't we? Should we really release this? And you know, it just it's I I can't. There's no. 
you know, there's there's no default setting for me. It feels like it can go either way. I'm I'm I like I like this record. I'm really happy that we're releasing it, but um, but I also don't kid myself. And it it's to some people, I'm sure. Um, although we're small enough that probably people who would really hate us don't even bother to listen to us. But I, if there were a lot of those people, they would think, oh my god, this is just more of the same. Right, uh, but right. to to me and to Bobby, it does sound kind of different. And there are new things that we're doing on the record. There are a lot more uh, keyboards on it, and we're playing. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't even know how to talk about it. But to me, we've done a lot of different things, and so it feels very different. And it has a, uh, you know, the the vibe of the record is, well, is different. You, you kind of have a uh, an advantage in, in that the audience who would buy the record is already probably way into the band, and uh, you know. They they'll they'll hear the differences and everything, and the, you don't have many casual listeners that be like, ah, oh, it's more of the same. Right? No, it's true. No, and I I hope that is true. Um, but the uh, the no the jazz record, I I can say that since we just did this overseas stuff or, or the uh, uh, that stuff, you know, we we went through everything. We thought, all right, well, here's here's our chance to be completist. Let's you know revisit the jazz record, and and we. Bob and I had thought about what to do with it over the years, and it, honestly, it we salvaged um, a couple of things from, um, well, our, our version of Golden Brown, the Strangler song, we thought might be on that jazz record, because it's sort of a jazz-sounding version of that song, I guess. Um, but everything else was just kind of, it just it wasn't happening for one reason or another. Either we were just doing like a, a deliberately comical version of, of you know, like, like take five. Like we we right. did a, a stupid disco version of that called Take Four. Right. Um, and is and it, is it in four? It was in four four. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we, we wanted to make it sound. It, it, just, that sounds like ridiculous. Video. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of stuff like that. And then we did some other thing. You know, we did a, a cover of Mysterioso, the Thelonious Smoke song, which is an amazing song. Yeah. And um, and parts of it were were cool, and then we got to the solo section, and we just didn't know what the hell we were doing, yeah. and so we had gone over it and done stuff. And um, there uh, there's a there is kind of a cool version of um, the, uh, is the George Gershwin, I guess, did that song Adios. Whatever that song is. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it just didn't, it, like if that was the only good song, we weren't going to put that, you know, it didn't fit with the Bedhead stuff right? and it, and it's not enough to justify this. So I, I can safely say that record will never see the light of that. <laughs> I hope that tape gets warped. Is but it, I mean, but like, yeah. like, like, but like, so like how musical is your family? Because there's not a lot of people in our, uh, in our age group who are that into jazz. Uh, I, our dad was, was super into jazz. Um, so like he a was a clarinet player or something. No, he was a drummer, um, and uh, I mean, he had a drum set, and you know, um, loved like you know Gene Krupa and, and that kind of stuff. And he was born in the late thirties, so he was more of that generation. But he, um, you know, he bought a ton of jazz records, uh, just like you know all the all the standard records from fifties and sixties, and um, I guess a tiny bit from the seventies. And so, you know, we we heard that stuff growing up. He liked rock too, but we heard a lot of that stuff growing up. And um, we weren't, you know, Bub and I weren't trained musicians. I mean, I, I took a couple of years of piano lessons with a nun who literally broke a pencil over my knuckles when I did <laughs> things the right way. So that didn't work out. And, and Bubba, Bubba took guitar lessons with this guy 
big tiger, Von Eccles, um, who was a, a kind of a washed-out jazz guy, I mean, who, who literally lived in his van right by the public <laughs> library in Wichita Falls when we grew up, and he'd come in during the afternoon and and teach these guitar lessons in this music store. And I, I started out with him. I got through four lessons, but he smelled so bad. Uh, he was just in this in this tiny room. I couldn't do yeah. it. So is it his body or his breath or everything combination? Yeah, it was it was everything. Mostly his body. And for lesson um, number one, you got to shit your pants, kid. That's the way <laughs> the real guys do it. <laughs> well, he would just say, you know, he would just say, "All right, kid, play this note," and you know, back and forth, and you just go da 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 da. And he'd solo for an hour, and and I mean it was inspiring to yeah. see that, but he didn't teach you anything. Um, when you say when you guys, so, you know, anyway, Bubba kept up with it, but we did, we didn't have the training. We just liked the music, and then Trini, who was a drummer in Bedhead, was a fantastic, like and and well trained jazz drummer and could read drum music. Right. So when you guys are going, he was kind of holding a lot of that together. When you guys are going through the solos, like you said, you couldn't get a handle on the solos. Like that's something I'll never understand in my entire life. How they could solo and everyone knows when to come back in and i you know i can't get a grip right. on it did you turn to the drummer who's a, a trained guy or turn to your dad and ask him like you know what's the formula here like there is there a formula or is it just like by feel i, I don't know I, I wish someone could explain to me how the whole band comes back in at the same time because it's driving me nuts oh <laughs> i know, do I know. It? It, it, it's, like, it's remarkable to, well you know those like a good friend of mine is a is a jazz guitarist and they you know went to school and all that stuff and they there's this book you know there's this book of standards like they all know the book and i right. i think it's maybe even just called the book yeah um and uh you know they you look at this thing i remember when i first saw this thing it i it's a it's a thick book it's got like a thousand songs in it but it's only about a thousand pages long uh-huh. i mean i this i'm really talking out of my ass here this this no, may not a, be very precise but yeah, listen no, I, nobody's listening to it that's good um, but my my mem- you know when I saw this thing, it, like every song was a single page, and it was, you know here's the you know here's the tune, um, and then it's just like it's understood that you'll play it for 15 minutes with a bunch of solos, and so they you know they really even though they're trained to know some base, basic version of whatever, uh, you know those jazz musicians do just figure out how to how to kind of make it work, make it all right. come together. Even during during the solos. <laughs> I mean, it's it could seem like right. four, four guys are playing completely different things, and like the bass isn't like underpinning right. anything that that I could wrap my head around. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not smart enough to understand. <laughs> you know, it is a pretty tight idiom. I mean, it is it's a well defined idiom, and it's sort of like rock. It is. If okay. You, yeah. You know, we're playing a solo in a rock song. You'd know to go for eight bars or sixteen bars or whatever, but it's right. not going to be like. You know, nineteen and a half or something. Okay. So they they and they know that there there is a formula there, and they're they're following some kind of uh, some kind of roadmap. Right. It's right. not just it's not it's not just like hey we're all awesome and it's like auditioning for auditioning for a metal band play right. seek and destroy. Yeah. Well, you, you right. even if you don't know seek and destroy, you know when the chorus comes probably. Right. Or right. something like that. <laughs> exactly. And if you don't yeah, know Seek and, and Destroy, you're uh, and, I, and I know there's a lot of complexity there, but I, I do think that, you know, you, you start to break it down and think about the structure, and, yeah. and there there's some undeniable patterns, even with the sort of far-out jazz. J.K. in the chat box, I don't know if he's joking around. He wants to know if it's true about the Ragtime album. You're joking around, right, J.K.? Just, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, his name <laughs> no is Just Kidding. Oh, okay. I wish. The guy's name is Just Kidding, I guess. Uh, yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> 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 I should have seen that one coming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that was in a yeah. cab of six. 
Uh, I wish. I wish. So the rest of the interview, we're gonna uh, the next half of the interview, we're gonna be talk about uh, history. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. All right. You know, right. Uh, uh, Matt, you're a professor. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, we will talk about you. Matt's a professor of history. He's taught at Harvard. He t- teaches at a bunch of schools. You taught at Brown. You're a smart guy, man. Like, how does that happen? What do you go to school or something? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I, I I lucked out. I think with um, you know, I I, I was I started out in graduate school doing something else and and met historians and they you know helped helped me to get the degree and. Um. Yeah. No. It, it, I saw it's that you, I've uh, always been interested in history. So I saw that uh, you uh you were uh you know you, uh, you uh teach a you teach a, you wrote about the history of capitalism and also individualism and I wonder I don't want to get too political what you think of uh what's going on here is, is it, and and how it relates to uh, you know how it relates to uh, history. I you know I there there are maybe. I, I guess you can get on the internet and you can find some academics. Let me Google that for um, you. <laughs> what's that? What's that again? Go ahead. It's not worth it. Well, no, I mean, you know, you guys, there was a, it's like a, a list of academics going around before the election who mm-hmm. supported Trump. And it was, you know, it was like 20, 27 people or something, you know, in, on the entire planet. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think any of them were historians. Right. And, they, you know, they were chemists and, and whatever. <laughs> and people who probably don't think a lot about politics. Um, there was one guy from a philosophy department somewhere and that, you know, that was, was sort of interesting. I, I felt compelled to look him up. It's like, what's, you know, what's this guy's philosophy? Um, but, but there, yeah, I, you know, I, I think most people who, um, you know, have a, like a sort of working sense of how promises get made for elections, how, uh, you know, rhetoric works. I mean, you know, they're sort of dismayed because this, I mean, this is not going to end well. So, as a, I mean, I don't know how much you want to you want no, me to talk no, about. No, well, as I, 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 well, I guess I guess my fucking disaster. right, it's a complete disaster. But I guess uh, w- the question I have is, you know, as a student of uh, the history of capitalism, do you feel that this is a, a, a unsustainable system, or yeah, we... I don't know. You know, I I don't know. It's um, you know. <laughs> Yeah, God, that's just so huge. Uh, I mean, you know, Hillary. Sorry, man. <laughs> thanks a lot. Are we in the death? Uh, now I have to think. Um, Are we in the death throes of capitalism? I, I just want to talk about jazz, which I don't really know much about. Oh, we don't uh, have to. We don't have to go into the, the uh, political. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just kidding. But I mean, honestly, it's, it's hard to know, you know, because he. I mean, Trump is. It's, it's remarkable to think that if. Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania ended up being decisive, and you know there's yeah. this thing right now about how maybe some of the machines were hacked. I mean, probably it's wishful thinking. I mean, I wish they were. Yeah. Um, but you know, anyway, I mean, it just drives home the point that these these states were pretty decisive. And and if if there's any place where race wasn't quite as important as it was, you know, obviously in so many other places, it was in a lot of these Rust Belt states because right. there are quite a few people who voted for Obama for two terms. And they yes. turn around and vote you know, for Trump. I, 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 tend, I 100% kind of agree with you there, and 100% kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like, I, guilty I pleasure. You, know, like, you know, not everyone, uh, and, and, and this is not the way I thought about it originally, but, uh, you know, because I don't want to defend the white working class as non-racist if they are, but you can't paint everybody with that brush some people don't have that on their radar that that's a, even a factor they say well i don't have a job and a, i don't have an education and uh, that's pretty much like the long and short of it for a lot for a lot of people you know, these jobs well, right and, and well i mean i guess my only point was going to be that so they're 
there there are if if there are I don't know you know nine hundred thousand of these people who who were that way who were thinking more about the economy or what, how could they list, how could they believe that Trump is going to be their guy? Right. I mean the guy who has a record of outsourcing of doing all this stuff that he says he's going to stop. How can you believe that's going to be your guy? I mean, you know, someone comes along and says they're going to criminalize, you know, decriminalize weed or something. If they've spent, you know, the last 69 years putting people behind bars for smoking pot, you're going to think, this is not my guy. Yeah. You know, chances are there's something else going on here. And, and he, he knows people like me because people like me have worked for him and he's probably screwed him around. And so he knows what we need to hear. But that, that he ended up being the savior for so many people who you would think would, would know better is I, you know, something that really nobody can come up with a perfectly good explanation for. Right. Um, well, I think it's a, fa- but, you know, a, that, a failure yeah. on, the, on, the, on, the, on the part of the Democrats candidate. Now, I mean, she didn't even go to Wisconsin. And the Rust Belt, right the Rust Belt voted for a guy who literally sits on a golden toilet to save their jobs. It's, it's, it's insane. Mm. Right. <laughs> but, like, I think, right. I think the, you know, people for so many years decided a long time ago that they would vote for anyone besides her, maybe, if, you know, if you're some guy right. in uh, Wisconsin right. without a job. Uh, yeah, I don't like, know. Not, There's like, a lot of factors. I'm, I'm, not... I'm, I'm a professor, too. I'm pretty good. Yeah, say that again. Yeah, I, I, yeah, right. I mean, it doesn't take you know. Who knows? It's like no, nobody can really quite figure it out. There's, I mean, it's just such a multi-causal picture. You've got so many things that, that yeah. figure into it, and you you know, there there has to be a lot of sexism that figures into that. Oh yeah, that sure. Irrational disdain for her because what the yeah. hell's wrong with her? I mean, right. you know, it's not she's not my favorite. She doesn't. I mean, I don't know her at all, but from afar, she doesn't seem like. Someone who would instantly qualify as my favorite person ever, but right. uh, she's she's fine. I mean, I, I grew to like her more the more I, I saw of her. So I, I don't I don't get it. But she should have went with a, uh, my first idea, which is a better than Hitler. <laughs> right, <laughs> only yeah. slightly better than Hitler. I got shot down at. The, I sent an email. Too bad. Well, I mean, you know, we. I yeah, I mean, maybe in the future they'll be able to say better than Trump, and, <laughs> yeah. and that'll have the same effect. You've written a couple books. Someone told me to ask you about 18th century clothiers. <laughs> I mean, I looked at this book on Amazon. The book's $85. This book what must are you be a million to? pages in there. What are you well, up to? It was, it, was, you know, it was cheap for the first three years, and then a lot of these academic <laughs> prices, they jack up the price right. later. It's a, te- it's a terrible business model because you... You get libraries buying it in the first few years, and mm. you you should have the price really high in the beginning, and then lower it later. Which, yeah, yeah. Eh, but um, you make money yeah, off these I mean, books. Do you still like a, you know if Amazon sells your book for eighty five bucks, are you still making money, or you just it was, I don't understand how contracts work and stuff. And you don't you you make um, money on on all sales for an academic book usually because you you don't get an advance. Uh, and you meet the production cost fairly early on, but you know the amount of money I would make on yeah, you know, I, I make some I would make something like five five to ten dollars I think right. for an eighty five dollar book. And well, what's worse? Uh, than, I mean, which what, which would be great if I sold you know a hundred thousand. Yeah. What's what's uh what's the worst industry uh you know for making money? Is it music or books? Like in your in uh, individual that's, experience? That's, that's a great question. Um, well, you know, it, it's like nowadays you can self-release a record, basically. Or, you know, well, I guess they're, they're, it depends. I mean, um, you can also self-release a book, but there's there's something about that that doesn't 
you know, it, it's you can't go out and I mean, like, I guess I, I'm 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 having a hard time answering that question because when I think about how to define the the you know the music industry, you use that phrase. But are you thinking like publishing? I'm not not really the music industry anymore. But like yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Vanity Press, like that type of thing. Well, right, yeah. I mean, like you can. Um, with a with a history book, for example, uh, you know, you you need all kinds of institutional support for anyone to even begin to notice that you've published a book. You can't call up, you know, bookstores and say, "I've just written a book and I'd like to give a talk or whatever." You know, they want to they want credentials. Um, with uh, with the band, though, you know, you could just start touring and people will hear you. You'll, you can play places where some people are going to start to hear you and you can sell records and there can be that dynamic relationship between playing live and selling records. And I think more can, can happen that way if you're starting from scratch. So, you know, music probably offers more hope than, uh, than publishing without any kind of institutional support. Right. Is the book, Um, the book industry a little less sleazy or is it all kind of the same? It's kind of the same. Um, I mean, you know, the, the, there are a lot of academic presses that are, that are great in all kinds of ways because they're still tied to academic departments. And, um, you know, I, I hope that system doesn't completely change, but, but it, it is largely starting to change. I mean, for, you know, Oxford and Cambridge University Press presses, I think, have both been around since, you know, the 14th century or something. I mean, 13th or 14th century. Mm-hmm. And um, until the 1970s, so from, you know, like 1112 to 1975, uh, Cambridge was an academic department at Cambridge. It was run by a bunch of classicists. You know, there were people who were just utterly unconnected to the real world. Yeah. You know, and it functioned as a press for, for centuries, you know, centuries. And then, like so many other presses, they I mean, Cambridge is actually not the worst offender, but this has happened to a degree. You know, they've they've commercialized, they've let business people get in uh, into the mix and marketing people, and and you know, it's it's not. I mean, academic publishing is is going downhill, not just because of you know free information. I think that's what a lot of publishers would like to say. It's it's going downhill in part because they've just capitalized. There's a corporate influence uh, that uh, right. you know, and that which could literally. You know, rewrite history. There's investors that right. demand satisfaction. Well, you know, you get a right. bunch, of, bunch of rich guys together with a bunch of money, and who's putting out the books? You know, right, right. No, it does happen, and there, there are, um, you know, in, I think one of the ways that uh, academic publishing is trying to save itself is with endowed series, um, which can be great, uh, and in my experience, have been great. Um, but a, a lot of times, the people who endow those series are still around, and they play a role in, in curating the collection. So, right, um, mm. you know, I mean, there was always power, I guess, back in you know the days when monks were deciding what books Cambridge should should publish. I mean, obviously there was power then, but there was kind of a golden era, I think, in the early twentieth, early and mid twentieth century, and that's fading. Sad. Yeah. You have a couple other books in the works, don't you? Or how do you? Write? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm trying. Um, when you to, sit, when you finish one, when you sit down and write a book, do you do it like over time? You do a couple pages here and there, or do you sit, you go? All right, I'm writing this book, and I'm going to sit there and I'm going to write it, and I'm going to spend all my focus, all my energy. Yeah, from on it. like from start to finish, how do you do it? Well, it's you know, I think with a history book, every sentence is really hard. One, not 
because of the, you know, necessarily because of all the creativity that's involved, but because you, you basically have to footnote every sentence. You've got to support everything you're saying. Yeah, there's going to be somebody, uh, I mean, you know, every single thing you write is going to be fact-checked to the hilt, I would assume. Right, right. You just, it either totally ignored or, you know, fact-checked. Um, and But you don't write it as if it's going to be ignored. I mean, maybe I'll write the next one as if it's going to be ignored. Right. No, well, that sounds know, like a but... slow pro. Like, you write a sentence, you go, uh, am I right? Yeah. Am I totally? I better now. You have to look things up. That's another two hours of uh, research. Right. Man, right. So you know, there's a there's an old school approach which I don't completely um, practice, but you know, to a degree, I guess I do. Where um, you, this is a, an approach to writing, I guess, a history book in particular. But you you would you would basically put every paragraph on a note card. Right. And, you know, generally you, you read a history book and generally there's a topic sentence and there are three or four examples in that sentence. So there's a, an example that's drawn out with, you know, three or four sort of subsidiary examples. And so um, you, you, you can think of a book that way as a collection of, you know, several hundred the, note cards. But then it's like really clinical. Does it read it is, like a book? Right. Yeah. And that's not the way I want to write. So I, I, I have a harder time um, uh, and I do go back and forth between modes of, of you know, drudging and, and then, I guess, modes of, of being creative enough or feeling productive enough to, to kind of go at it for a couple of days right. straight or something. You're, right. um, You're a married guy, right? I am, yeah. You have kids? Uh, yeah, one kid. Yeah, one kid. And your wife puts up with all the shenanigans? Or, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, yeah, not, is, has... Yeah, I mean, you yeah. Can get, short answer, yes. Right, okay. You can go and like you, you go, listen. I have to. I have to go write for a, for a day, and she right. leaves, she leaves you alone. Okay. Yeah, she does. And <laughs> and the, the, what's disguised by the short answer is is not a criticism of her. It's just that it, you know what a pain to put up with that. Does she ask? Um, oh yeah, it's got to be. Does yeah, she, she ask you to do a load yeah. of laundry while while you're in the Are you folding laundry while work, writing the book, Ryan? Wants them. Because if, if, if I ever work from home, that's like right away. My wife expects oh, me. Oh, she's got a list of stuff for you. I do everything I can when I'm working on my computer or when I'm in front of my computer, which is you know nonstop, yeah. to let her see that it's just words. Um, because I don't want her to think I'm just like on the web or something. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm not very subtle about it. I'm like, could you pick up my computer over there? Uh, and it's just a bunch of, bunch of fucking words. It is um, so easy to just like, while you have that stupid computer open, to fall into the, the traps of social media or whatever else is going on. And all right. these, you know, you just right. want, I want to read everything while it's on. Well, that's right. I stay away from all that, though. I do. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, what you need is a computer with no internet. It's called oh, a typewriter. And then you feel like you're in East Berlin. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> the day they made, m merged this computer with these typewriters is, the, is when, when books went downhill, in my opinion. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's, so, but, it's probably true. But I should ask you, uh, you know, getting back to the, the book you wrote about the, the clothiers, people seem interested in this. What, what the hell is that about? And how did you get into that? Well, there, there was... Um... I, I, I came across a, a, a diary, a manuscript diary. So it was just, you know, uh, written in, in, in 41 bound volumes. This is, you know, just libraries have a lot of stuff, especially when they're not in well-visited places in cities like London or New York or whatever. Provincial libraries have a ton of stuff that people have not seen in a long time. Um, and and I came across this diary that was... Uh, written by this, this guy from 1730s to the 1760s, and he was, he was a clothier, and that sounds super boring. 
Um, but, you know, the Industrial Revolution in Britain, that's where it, you know, happens first. Britain basically invents industrial capitalism. It, it happened because of, of cloth, because of wool cloth. Mm-hmm. And before we get to cotton, you know, it's all wool cloth. So Hot. this guy was like, you know, um, at ground zero of industrialization, right part of the country, uh, right occupation and all that stuff. But he was a deeply, deeply religious guy. And, and his diary you know, two and a half million word long diary, an insanely long diary, um, was, uh, was, was written as a sort of Puritan diary, what was called a Puritan diary. So he, you know, he wrote the diary just to, to watch him, to examine himself and to watch the outside world and make sure he was staying on the right spiritual course and to, you know, um, just scrutinize himself every single day. And so what, what he mostly, uh, chides himself for is his, immersion in his work and 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 the reason this is you know kind of an interesting thing for historians of this period is that like on the one hand for reasons i I won't bore you and i'm sure now a dwindling number of listeners with uh, (laughs) um our ratings have never been higher the (laughs) (laughs) like what's happening um you have a little indicator of your audience numbers i'm sure it's just like i do i kind of i I stare at it uh you know obsessively no i'm just well, you know, he, I mean, so Puritanism, Calvinism, those things would actually encourage um, their believers to try to be successful because they, they didn't have a, an easy way of knowing that those religions, those kind of austere Protestant religions, had no, like, easy way, easy set of techniques for getting into heaven. In the old Catholic, in the old days of the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages, you know, you could just do all kinds of bullshit and feel some assurance. Right, but isn't the uh, doesn't the Bible uh, say Bible. that there's no you? It's not merit based. Well, that that's that's exactly what a lot of these Protestants started to believe because there are quite a few things in the Bible. It depends on where you go in the Bible, but you know, oh yeah, in Paul and New Testament, you know. So so a lot of early Protestants who were kind of devoid of a you know, bridge to salvation uh, started to look to worldly success as an auspicious sign. So to a degree, um, Protestants wanted to be successful in business, and, and that's partly why you get this unusual economic takeoff in a lot of right. Protestant countries. But if they got too immersed in business, they got excessive, that was a sure sign that they were going to go to hell. So where to draw that line between auspicious success and, and damnable excess was damnable. basically impossible. Um, but the middle class come in, comes into existence in this era, in, in these places, in part because it's the spiritual solution to that problem. If you just stay in the middle, whatever exactly it means, if you stay in the middle, right. and this uh, is you'll, a, you'll you know, be okay. In, in, in modern terms, we're still kind of there with like, oh, look at a guy like Trump who, uh, you, you know, he has all this money, and then, uh, you know, you have these charitable... Uh, charitable. <laughs> You know, whatever right. it is, you know, you have to you, you try to find that line in the middle as, you know, it, and it's, I don't know, it, do I know what I'm talking about? That, that's Let's really play do. Crap Not Crap. Uh, go, go ahead, Max sorry. Payne. Go ahead, Matt. Well, you, I, yeah, sure. All right, let's do, do you, it. Hey, Matt, do you think that without, you know, this dude who wrote this, this giant diary, that the American Industrial Revolution, does it ever happen? Well, this guy is... is He's insignificant as a causal force, but as a, I mean, you know, maybe not utterly insignificant, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, if, if this guy never gets born, things still happen. But 
what what he what I found interesting about this guy and what I tried to write the book about is is what what he reflects you know all this cultural tension that he reflects and I think at the end of the day this guy was freaked out um there are a lot of other you know minor plots in the story that relate to various other things but as as far as the you know main theme concerns you know he was freaked out because he uh realized that capitalism which was on the horizon which he was helping to to bring into existence was a totalizing system it was a kind of totemic and totalizing system mm-hmm. just like his religion and the two couldn't coexist and uh so he he ends up being a um you know an an interesting voice from you know from the 18th century british economy where and that that sounds kind of specific but it's from that era that we get adam smith that we get these people who we still pay attention to uh, and I, I try to set him alongside those bigger voices to, uh, you know, show that even for the, or try to show anyway that even for these people who were, who were capitalists by, you know, by any definition, there were grave concerns about the consequences of a, a kind of total immersion in that sort of system. Is it is it possible to write a book like that without injecting a, kind of your own moral angle into it? Or is it that that just comes with the territory and and at some point you say, yeah, well, this is what it's going to be. There's there's no way I could just stay out of it. I, you know, I, I, I stayed out of it until the very end. Uh, and then, but then I, I thought my justification for, uh, making a kind of moral statement is, is this guy's life being so in, you know, so, so profoundly moral from start to finish, his recorded life anyway. I mean, a, a diary like that is just a, a, an endless moral statement about things. And, you know, may, yeah, maybe I'm, I'm imposing some stuff on him, but I think ultimately he, uh, he expresses this anguish all the time because um, he recognized the real problem. I mean, Cal, you know, his religion for all of the things that were sort of weird about it is, is, was meant to be selfless. And, right. and so much Christian spirituality is meant to be selfless. You know, mm-hmm. selfless in capitalism, he recognized is a selfish system. So you know, there's an incompatibility for him. And um, yeah, so it's just it's like a it's like a, a record of anguish. If you want to read a book right. about <laughs> agonizing, you know, I, I highly recommend it. Right. Okay. Thank you, uh, Matt. Yeah. I appreciate you answering those questions. I, I'm uh, I find it interesting. I do. Record of anguish well, is my And the audience finds it interesting. I don't care what the, the, uh, phones are, yeah, phones are the phones are off the, the phones are lighting up, and um, I do. Let's see. I got to get to a couple more questions, if you don't mind. Can you stay on for a few more? Sure. Minutes? Yeah. 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 Uh, cool. Someone asked, uh, "How do you get the nickname Biz No No?" <laughs> Let's move off the books, I guess. <laughs> People. Uh, are... no. Yeah. That's well. You know, we were uh, Silkworm was on tour in Italy, and we were. Uh, we were traveling with this. This is when I was playing keyboards with Silk Room. We right. And, uh, you played them. on It'll Be Cool, which is the last Silk Room record, right? It'll Be Cool and Italian Platinum. Oh, right. and um And then Chokes, I guess, which was the, the, the technically the last one. Oh, you played on three Silk Room records? Wow. Three Silk Room records, yeah. Um, those guys are the best. Yeah. Love those, those guys. Are, yeah. No, I, uh, those, you know... Um, some of the greatest people ever. And, and I, uh, you know, loved playing on those records and, and playing those shows. And the shows were never for, you know, I mean, I was just playing with like a travel keyboard. It was like a, you know, tiny little Casio keyboard. Um, so it was never really gratifying sonically to play those shows, but just to, to be, it was almost like I was just faking it on stage with them. And I loved those songs. So, right. much. so 
Did they what, uh, what, did they tell you what to do? You just kind of like, hey, I'm gonna I'll noodle around and do what I kind of kind of want to do. Because you did say you were well, class, you know, you were a trained piano okay. player, so you have the you know you knew your way around it. Well, they you know so they um, on uh, on lifestyle um, right is it lifestyle the one right before Italian platinum um, right anyway okay on the record right before Italian platinum which is which I'm ninety nine yeah, lifestyle which I just lifestyle. got on reissue which uh, on vinyl which uh, came with a sweatshirt you can go to comedy minus one records and get that it's great I got a nice pink vinyl I think they're out of the pink though and you guys Finally. are screwed but oh cool okay oh no I mean it's, it's an amazing record it's it's an incredible record and, and there, you know their keyboards all over that record um, a different guy is, is playing but when they um, really it's a, uh, yeah piano and organ played by Brett Grossman. That's right. Yeah, Brett Grossman. And um, so, you know, they were going to go on tour. They were going to go to Italy. And I, you know, just like selfishly volunteered and said, why don't I play keyboards on all that right. stuff? And so, <laughs> um, so that I played on, I played the keyboards for, you know, a lot of those songs before we recorded Italian Platinum. And so, you know, at that point, I was just trying to play what was on the record. Um, and, uh, you know, there was always a, a great deal of, of guidance, especially with Tim's songs. Um, so, you yeah. know, if there were definite melodies or something, those were usually 10 melodies, but, um, yeah, anyway, we were in Italy and, you know, Andy Cohen sort of looks like your grandfather and has always kind of looked like that. Um, <laughs> and an Italian grandfather is, is no, no. So Augustino said at one point, Andy and I were, we were playing someplace. It was freezing. We were in the Alps somewhere. It was like snowing and Andy and I slept next to this window which was broken. Uh, so we were wearing hats all night as, you know, and, and we wake up the next day and Andy looks, or, or Augustino looks at Andy and says, Oh, he looks so sweet there. He looks like my Nono. And Andy was you know, like still holding the covers up to his head and everything. And somebody said, well, what does Matt look like? And August says, he looks like my biz Nono, which is my great grandfather. Uh, and then it just turned into biz Nono, which is not how you spell it in Italian, right. because it's like <laughs> as someone who doesn't have a knack for business, I guess. Biz no, no, right? <laughs> biz no, yeah. Not his jam. That's why I had to buy a house in Ithaca. It was cheap because you're, you're no, <laughs> no right. knack for that whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. Oh, Never be worth more than it was on the day I bought it. <laughs> someone asked me to ask you about shares. Believe. Oh, oh, well, that was. Um, uh, we were, we made this, Bob and I made this record with these guys in Span Macha who were super good friends of ours. We grew up with those guys in Texas and we were, we were kind of trying to make this record to help them satisfy uh, a record contract with, uh, with their, a really terrible label that they were on. Or we were, we were making it an LP to do that. That's, I mean, we, we started making the record in earnest, but then we thought we could maybe get 30 minutes out of this if we just... So there's, I don't know if, it, I mean, it's not a record that many people have heard, but there are about 20 minutes of that record that are just, uh, it's a four-second loop going over and over again just to try to make up time. Um, and and we decided to, we were going to do a cover. We weren't sure what it was going to be. Uh, Josh McKay, who was in Macha, suggested that we, we do that song. I really didn't want to do it because I thought it was a stupid song. Um and he and I talked on the phone and we changed the lyrics a little bit. We just kind of, we changed, I mean, I shouldn't say this because I think we could go to jail. You can go to jail. You can go to jail now. Yeah. 
so it's it's a terrible thing. Oh, I don't want to go to. Can I play Bedhead and uh, the New Year songs and stuff on on this radio show? I won't go to jail, right? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Not maybe. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, you you know you know what I'm talking about. Like if you do a cover, I'm gonna roll the dice, baby. <laughs> you change the lyrics. This is. This is a major violation. Is it? I didn't know that. It I is. thought I thought doesn't that fall under like a parody thing? No, if it's well, if it's an obvious parody, that's one thing. But Well, can't you, you say well this is my idea of funny? I'm not funny, you know. Well, I guess you could. <laughs> yeah. No, you could do that. Although then I would so okay, so let let me just leave it at that because that's not where I was going to go with the story right, okay. and, if, and if you know, the feds are listening, this could be it. We not, just not we, being funny we made it out. That's my specialty, not being funny. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, anyway, we just, we tried to change it to make it a little better. And, um, and yeah, it just, like, where, I don't know. What can I say? Um, I'm trying to think of what I, yeah, uh, what was the question? I forget. <laughs> why, why, I don't know. I'm, let me just, let me um, just like, trail off. Okay, but, uh, fine. Hey, listen, that's what the show's all about, trailing off and uh, and uh, sitting in a bar being stupid. The, um, uh, before we uh, go into crap, not crap, if you have a couple more minutes and indulge us in that, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. I, this is a question I ask everybody. It's a really cheap question, but who's the biggest asshole in rock and roll? Like, who's the, you ever meet a guy, like, in your travels on tour or something, like, man. That guy is a fucking asshole. I can't uh, believe it. Ted Nugent. And why is it Billy Corgan? And why is it Billy Corgan? <laughs> right, right. No, exactly. I mean, let me think because... Um, if it hasn't happened, that's fine, too. I mean, you know... It's a well, nice yeah, I uh, I mean... God. Why did Billy Corgan steal your girlfriend? We know he did. Well, a- ask me the next one, and uh, maybe I can come back to the first okay. one. Maybe there wasn't. Uh, is there a next, next question? There is a, uh, let's see, do, do you have anything to plug? We'll go on the New Year's oh, New Oh, okay. No, there wasn't another question. Okay, well, um, now we, we have, you know, we have the New Year record coming out. Um, an overseas record has been mostly finished for a long time, so we just have to right. finish it. We're, oh, so it's finished. Um, it's not out. And that's the first overseas not record. out. I'm sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, it's, that's it's fine. Really Listen, fun. believe me, I'm I'm usually cutting everybody off. So I'm I'm, this, right. I'm delighted by the interview and delighted by your phone connection, which is just amazing, tremendous, it's tremendous, perfect. Well, it's a it's a landline. Nice. You know. See, Matt knows pro pro move, Matt. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Pro, I, pro I, attitude. So. Okay, Matt. Crap, not crap. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Crap, not crap. Frank Zappa. The writing or the music? <laughs> That's question one. We already hit a speed bump, baby. I love it. Are we, I mean, are we talking about Ed, the author or the musician? That's I'll put a, it that way. Um, both. To take them, take them each one at a time. Uh, God, uh, author, not crap. I was talking about Frank Zappa, the auto mechanic. <laughs> probably, you, probably not crap. Known from probably Joe's not garage, not crap on a whole. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Not, not crap on a hole. Oh, for for Zappa, for for Zappa still. Um, that was a comedy grenade. I, yeah, I mean, given given the amount of crap in the world, I mean, given the amount of terrible things in the world, I would say not crap. Ooh, tough man. 
you know. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know. Yeah, hey, man, I'm not judging. I'm just I'm just saying that I shouldn't have given you Zappa first. That's a, that's a tough one. That's a polarizing one. And I got a couple yeah, of no, those, baby. Well, and I think I think that he's a tiny bit Lebanese, so I'm going to give him a nod. Right. And you're a Lebanese guy. And when uh, after yeah, 9/11, yeah. you you got looks on the plane? I, I, yeah, I, heard, yeah. I, I think I got. I think touring with Silkworm once I got searched five times from what being let out of the car. Until did I you have a, Did you have a beard? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, yeah. Did, did, didn't you tell the guys at the at the uh, airport that the the dudes who blew up the World Trade Center shaved their beards and that's the move? You know, <laughs> so why would I have exactly. the beard if I was looking? Listen, on not like when the second tower went down, I was in the bathroom shaving. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I, <seriously. laughs> Are you serious? Are they, cause that, getting rid of it. That's the best joke I've I'm, ever heard. I'm serious. No, I'm serious. I'm getting rid of it. Oh, like, man. oh my God. Did you shave half the beard when the first tire yeah. went down? <laughs> and the other half. And then when the second one started coming down, you shaved the rest you of it. You finished the job. Yeah. yeah. Man, Jesus Lord. <laughs> Is it job. tough being a, a Lebanese dude uh, growing up in Texas? Uh, you know, it wasn't, I can't say it was tough. I mean, you know, unless you no, grow up in like I mean, Lebanon, answer, no, but it, but it was definitely, you know, people would, would always ask you, what are you? What are you? I, um, I wonder if it's worse. It, I wonder if it's worse now to be a kid right, than when you were a right. kid. It might be worse. I, you know, I, it, I think it probably is. I think it, I mean, it at sucks. this very moment, I would think it, it probably is. Um, cause you know, things seem to be happening that have not happened in a while so right. uh you know and i i came across my uncle a great uncle's diary that uh, a relative gave to me not too long ago and he was there's all this stuff in there about getting harassed by the clan and um and he was pretty cheery about the whole thing i mean it was again it was sort of a religious diary it was like at the end of everything you praise be to god yeah Terrible things happen. Praise be to God. He was like, you know, one day the clan embezzled me and destroyed my business, but it's fine. Praise be to God. Right. I wonder if, you know, yeah. things things were so bad that any kind of like little glimmer of hope or, or that there's somebody still alive is, they, they they were so grateful for that. that I don't right. Know. Right. I mean, what else can you do? You you can sit around and be miserable, covered in coal cool. or right. whatever. <laughs> Or you could try to find a, a little tiny something to, you know, I don't know. I, I can't put myself in those shoes. I've always had enough to eat. Right. God damn it. <laughs> and I'm white. Yeah. I've gotten every job well, I've ever applied for. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, you and your privilege. Thank you. I, I'm very, I, I, dude, I'm recognizing it. I'm here. I'm he, installed, he installed Hillary Clinton's glass ceiling. I did. Van Halen. Crap, not crap. <laughs> uh, not crap. Melvin's. Crap. Wow. Bruce Springsteen. Crap. Metallica. Crap. Deep Purple. Purple. Crap. Smashing Pumpkins. Ugh, crap. Nope. I think I think we came up with Apulon Cray at a certain point when it was just so. For some reason, Albini started saying Apulon Cray when it was just <laughs> such unbelievable crap. So I can't believe you're asking me that. <laughs> I think I think Apulon Cray for uh, for whatever you just said, Smashing Pumpkins. We were interviewing uh, the guy from Post of Children, uh, Rick Valentine, a few weeks back, and I was just listening yeah. to it to, when I, while I was editing it, editing it, and uh, he, he said an interesting thing that he thought like uh, quickly the Billy Corgan thing like there was no scene. Chicago was so big that there was it was all messed up, and he got bullied his whole life, and then eventually got a little bit of fame and started bullying everyone else. I don't know. I thought mm. that was interesting. Well, no, he, that, that might be true. The nerd becomes the jock. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Ted Nugent, 
the musician only. <laughs> not the hunter? Crap, not the hunter or the political pundit. But explain it however you need to. He did. He said crap. Grand Funk Railroad. Uh, you know, I, I want to say not crap right now. Right. Joy Division. Oh, not crap for me. New Order. Not crap. Crocus. <laughs> not crap. Oh, really? Crocus, yeah. What's your favorite well, Crocus you know, tape? You know, that's <laughs> Crocus is crap, actually. Oh, I think. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I mean, I'm, I, there was something about Crocus, like I don't know. I, I that's. <laughs> I just. I, I guess I have to just like stand by my answer. But there, I haven't heard Crocus since you know 1979. But I can't right. remember not being crap. Back then. <laughs> how, focus, focus, how old are crocus. you, Matt? Can I ask that? Um, I'm 47. 47. I will send you. Uh, I have multiple uh, copies of one vice at a time. I will send you on multiple crocus uh, television. Crap, okay. not crap. <laughs> Tell, oh, not crap. Gang of four. Gang of four, not crap. Who's Cardew? Not crap. The Clash. Not crap. Blue Oyster Cult. Uh, the singer was an alum at the school where I teach, so I think I have to say not crap. Which which guy? There were two singers. Uh, I do who wrote Don't Fear the Reaper and... Yeah, that's... Uh, Meltzer? No, that's... Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Buck Dharma, right? No, no, not Buck Dharma. The other guy. The, the, other, the yeah. other guy. I just saw them. They, they were pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's something... Like, I, I'd be happy if I never heard them again. Right. And, you know, frankly, like, if I heard, I'd take listening to the Melvins over Blue Oyster Cult. So, I, you know, right. there's, there's yeah. a rationality in what I'm saying. But, right. um, Interesting. Yeah, I'd probably revise this list King, tomorrow. If, King Crimson. Oh, <laughs> I love oh, the size, God. size of the vest. I live for the size. Yeah, I know. What do you do with that? Um, I mean, there was, at one point... I don't even know if this is true, but at one point I heard that when Adrian Ballou joined King Crimson, he, he had to play drum. You know, he's a pretty good drummer, apparently. But, you know, this is the guy who was playing guitar and singing yeah. towards the end, I guess. And so when they did a song in 4-4, he had to play the drums because Bill Bruford was just so fucked up at that point on weird time signatures. <laughs> that's crazy. Not drugs. Me, I, like, that's not crap. I, I never even thought of that. Like, Bill Burford's like, listen, I haven't played in 4-4 in 30 years. <laughs> I don't know you what that is. And it, right. No, we're going to play uh, Back in Black. He's like, I'm out. I have no freaking idea what you guys are talking Seven about. Seven-eighths. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, like, yeah. Bill Burford was so fucked up on heroin, but it was, he was right. fucked up on odd time signatures. Fucked up on yeah, time exactly. Hey, fucked up on 17-9. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. You got any more of that 7-8, man? He touched, <laughs> the mon- he touched the monolith with his drumstick. <laughs> two for five, two for five. I got, I got at times so you're two five. I don't even know if that's real. And they're two for five. Uh, King, Mi- King Missile. Oh, I now we're going to, to the rank. Uh, you know, kind of the white stripes, white thing, the, the related King Diamond. Uh, I think, I, yeah, I don't. Don't ask me to rank those. <laughs> don't rank him. Uh, Dee Dee King. Remember when Dee Dee Ramon came out with his rap album? Yes, yeah, don't ask me to rank those three. That is just <laughs> unrankable. Just crap, unrankable. Just crap, crap, crap. Crap, crap, crap. Uh, Elvis, uh, also known as The King. Elvis Presley? Yeah, Elvis Presley. And as, no, otherwise known as The King, is that what you said? Correct. Yeah. Elvis Buford. Um, I guess, I, 
you know, I again, I if I never hear Elvis again, I'll, I'll be delighted. Right. Um, <laughs> and uh, my dad, like, I remember. So my dad was born in in thirty nine. So he was you know a teenager in in the fifties, and he he grew up in in North Texas, and he and these two other guys were like courting this girl. They were over at this girl's house. They were all totally in love with her. And I guess it was like 55 or something. Um, maybe the timing's not right here with where Elvis was in, in his career, but um, they, like she, she got this call, you know, on, on the phone that like the one phone in the house, it was probably in the hallway back in those days. And, um, came back and said to my dad and these other two guys, I've got to go because, you know, Elvis Presley is in town and he's he's called on me. And they're like, who the hell is Elvis Presley? Wow. Because um, he was just this upstart dude from Memphis or whatever. Um, so, like, based on that story, I would say not crap. Right. But otherwise, like, the music is... Not into not Elvis's really. music. Hmm. No, not really. Right. But, but then again, you know, like, if you hear that stuff sometimes and, it you know, it sounds so much better and so much weirder than you remember and there's some you know some things going on that just don't at least for me they're not in my memory i just think right. of the melody when and that's say, all i know and i hear that stuff and i like it quite yeah. a bit so i'd say maybe when, not crap when you say, can i change oh he's changing the elvis to not crap ladies and gentlemen when i actually no i already said <laughs> not crap melody. and now i'm going to say not crap on no, the i was going to say not crap on the you know the melody and the melody when you when you melody and the melody, when you I like that. that yeah. like when, for melody, not crap. But even for melody, not crap. Like when that. you uh, when you mentioned that, like looking back on it and how like weird stuff was that you don't hear when you're like a kid. I think like Buddy Holly and I listen to, like the Buddy Holly totally. songs, and I'm like, like what did people think of this? This is like nuts. Like it, it, when you're a yeah. kid and it's it's totally normal. It's just ah, oh, it's part of rock and roll. That's the way things were. And then as an adult, right. you go back and listen to it. And you're like, this is wacky, man. I don't know what. Like, did people think this guy was like out in space? Like, what the hell did they think? Oh, yeah, like when Peggy Sue goes to that minor key thing, Peggy yeah. Sue, Peggy, 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 Peggy. I mean, it sounds like a fucking serial killer. Yeah, you're like, this guy's, um, <laughs> this guy's out to lunch. This guy's cracked. And we, right. we, we all have Johnny Unitas haircuts, and we're ready to kill her. We're going to burn oh, it down, right. man. Screw this. John, exactly. John, we, yeah. had a, we had a guest back uh, earlier in the year. I think it was Eric Chernoff that said it, that these guys were all punk back in the day. I right. Mean, yeah, well, Same way right. we think of punk now. It's uh, you know They were doing shit that was a lot crazier than most people could deal with. Right. No, it's true. Well, there was a what? What song is it where um, you can like hear the, the the guitar pickups just sort of vacillating back and forth on one of those Buddy Holly songs? And you know, there's just a guy. A guy is it is it Peggy Sue maybe? Um, and uh, you know, there was just a guy on his knees, just sort of messing with Buddy Holly's guitar as he was as he was playing it, just right. like you know, shifting back and forth between the pickups. We. You know, yeah, that's. I mean, Buddy Holly's absolutely not not crap. Man, totally not crap. Sorry, you can kind of understand. Like, if you look at a okay, Jerry Lee Lewis, you go, okay, well, the guy's obviously right. going for a specific thing. He's nuts. Everyone knows he's nuts. But like, get, get like a weirdo like Buddy Holly. You're like this guy's right. just, just odd. I subscribe right. to uh, Okay Jerry Lee Lewis on my phone. It's an app that I downloaded. It okay. only hooks me up with underage women. Oh. <laughs> Swipe down. <laughs> um, ben E. King. Crap, not crap. Ben E. King, um, lean on me. Yeah, probably. I think that's what I don't know. Yeah, like, like, um, yes, we got time. So, like, lean on, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I would say not crap. That, 
that's maybe one of those songs. If it's so terrible, and somebody started in doing a version of "Lean on Me," <laughs> like, you know. But if you went back and heard Benny King doing "Lean on Me," you'd be like, "Oh, I, I totally know why people try to do a version." Of it was "Stand by Me," right? Yeah, that was "Stand by Me." Bill Withers did uh, "Lean on Me." Yeah. Bill Withers, yeah, oh, yeah same. Okay. but but he's right in, in that, like you know, if someone goes up a karaoke and tries to do like uh, "My Way." Right. It doesn't like you know. It's the artist that that, that made the song in those instances. Right. Uh, Iron Maiden, crap, not crap. Oh man, I, I heard <laughs> "Run to the Hills" the other day, and it's kind of great. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, we know. Uh, Run for your life. Yeah, I I'd say not crap. Were you at the Standing Rock uh, protest when you heard that with the metal bands? And what what has happened to metal bands, and why don't they defend the plight of the Native American enough anymore? Like yeah, I, anthrax that, and Iron Maiden, cry for the I, Indians. I, it seemed to be a running I, theme in the '80s, where like uh, metal bands would be all right. into like Native American rights. I, I miss right. that, and no, I think we should bring it back. Chavez, we should bring that back. Chavez, crap, not crap. I I I love the way the, that. I mean, I again, like I I only heard one record, and I when I heard that first record of theirs, I thought it sounded absolutely amazing. I really like that record. I haven't heard it in a super. I mean, since you know, 1992 or whatever, whenever that yeah. thing came out. But um, They have a new, but, uh, uh, I, they have some new stuff out. I, I don't know if it's out, out, but it, there's a, at least one song out there on YouTube that came out like a week ago or something. Huh. All right. Well, for a band I, I know not much about, I would say not crap. Sebado. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the fashionable answer would be to say crap. And, and I, and I think, Ninety-five percent of it, ninety-eight percent of it's crap. But right. there was that one song. It's all a matter of soul, soul and, and fire. fire. Yeah, is that what it's called? That, I like that song. That's a good that one. A great song. I'm a fan. So I, I'm saying not crap. Joe Walsh. Um, I, you know, I on <laughs> balance not crap. Right. I mean, on balance, probably crap. But because some of the because of some of what he did, I like, you know, I like some of the James Gang stuff. And yeah. there's something, you know, that that in ridiculously self-indulgent song. Rank! My Maserati. Yeah. That's a, it's a weird song. And I, I hear that song a lot. I'd somehow make in the rounds. Life's been good. Uh, life's it's, been good. It's, and what a, what a fucking horrible... I mean, that should be the like the theme song of Trump America. It's just awful. you know, it's it's, it's kind of like, song, but I, I kind of like it. Do you feel like he's doing? He's trying to do a send up of the music industry and fails because it still comes across as like completely self indulgent. I think it's self parody. I I think it's I, it's it's like self parody and self congratulation. Uh, rank uh, James Gang, Joel Solo, the Eagles. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's say Joe Walsh solo. I mean, I, you know what? Let's just say fucking crap. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, thank you so so much for staying on for so long. Uh, the Rolling Stones, crap, not crap. Oh yeah, absolute crap. Crap. You hate the Rolling Stones. I I try. I try. You're not alone. Uh, their moments. They're like their the way you know, like the way Keith Richards just plays rhythm guitar is kind of amazing um and and there but at the end of the day i just i fucking hate Mick jagger i, I hate <laughs> his voice i hate everything he stands right. for and you don't like so it but you love his rhythm guitar playing it's sir Mick jagger by yeah. the way <laughs> sir Mick jagger <laughs> yes sir Mick jagger. 
Jeth- um, Jethro, so it's like, you know, there are moments. The guitar playing in Beast of Burden is is amazing. You know, it's like that. That I'm just. That's what comes to mind. Is just like this incredible, you know, bar chord um, virtuosity. I mean, he's just like doing a lot of stuff around these spirits in, in an alternate tuning, so it's easier to do. But still, right. um, I, I I like that. I hear that stuff. I like that. But hello. I'm still McJagger. Oh, still okay. Uh, just a few more. Kiss. Oh, crap. I hate Kiss. You hate Kiss. Crap. I'm sorry. I didn't hate, you know, just two years Don't apologize. Young. Listen, man, I don't, you know, I think Kiss has like five good songs. Maybe, maybe. Christine 16 was, was pretty hot. I would always request that when I was a kid on the radio station. I would like to, you good. know, this is, this is the most polarizing one of all, and I'm going to give you the coup de gras of crap, not crap in our world. And thank you for inventing, inventing crap, not crap, and enriching all of our lives, by the way. We're on, we're on the phone with the inventor of crap, not crap. Do we everywhere. do it justice? We do, we do crap, not crap with, like, the, who was the you, biggest you guest guys, we had? Like you Mark, guys do the game. You do it justice. You do. I just now heard that. Amy yeah, Schumer. Yeah. Mark Marin. we had on, and we did crap, not crap with him. So you've, you've enriched funny. everyone's lives. Uh, here it is. Right. You ready? And yeah. I'm, I'm afraid because of your jazz back. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't want to influence your decision, but you ready? Crap, not crap. Oh, yeah! This guy is good. He is good. Yes, that is a hundred percent correct. Steely Dan. I I would say right now I would I would say not crap. <laughs> so, I, you know, there's that there's that peg, that that YouTube clip with Michael McDonald talking about having to sing Peg, and he's just like he looks like a nom vet because of what he went through to sing Peg. And you know, he's just he's just going Peg, you know, but he's he's like saying it and all these he's singing and all these different. You know, these different notes of the word peg. Have you, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever seen this? Yeah, we've seen that. But okay, <laughs> biggest Steely Dan fan in the chat box, Soli. Uh, do you know Stephen Soli? He's the worker. That was the, the voice of a big Steely Dan fan. Is that what you just said? Oh, he 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 was certain you were going to say crap, but you've not crap. No, you know, I'm I'm going to say you know, it's a band I've never really liked. I don't own any of their records, um, but I was singing. Peg, and I was trying to tell this story to my daughter, who's, was being you know, and she, she was like, play the song for me, play the song for me. So I played it, and, and I'm like, this is a fucking great song. It's just, I just, there's, there, there's so many things about that song. I, I, I think guess that's I the best, realized that I like. is the best one at all. Though. You think so? You know, uh, my Steely Dan experience is... I know I love you better. My Steely Dan experience right. comes from like driving around in a truck doing construction, like listening to every classic rock song ever for like years and years. Yeah. And so th- maybe maybe I'm throwing Steely Dan away yeah. a little too. I, I don't think so. Well, I, I think I've they never suck, said but... myself. <laughs> I've never said myself. Thank God, Steely Dan is on. It's like yeah. you know, talk about yeah. self-satisfaction. Like Satis- oh, oh, I, know. Sat- I know. You know. I know. I mean, I know. I think they make a boring party worse. That's like you know. That is like if 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 if, if a thousand years from now somebody asked me like what is a white person, I would hand them uh, Asia, the yeah, record, right. <laughs> and then I would say oh, well, no, that's digitally right, yeah. downloaded from my brain because that would be the uh, new. Uh, well, there's. I mean, it, you know, there was a there was a moment when um, I feel like the you know the Chicago music world. Was just totally into Sealy Dan, and then it yeah. was not into Sealy Dan. I'm, I don't know where it stands right now. Is, is, uh, and and I've a... I've always been kind of resolutely crap, hate it, hate right. it, hate it. Crap. Steely... I remember Chris Brokaw and I arguing, argued about it once. Cause he, <laughs> Are you taking a Steely stand? 
He's taking a steely stand. He's <laughs> sick of it. He was he was taking a steely stand, but I but I have to say, right now, I'm I'm feeling it. I'm I'm kind you of are, enjoying. Right? Hey, you know, the first time in 47 years, things go back and forth. What is it? Do you have a lot of records? And uh, when we talked about that before, like, what is a record you would actually reach for? Reach for? Like, do you that 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 people would know? Do you do you go back and what's what's something you revisit? Do you listen to music um, while you're writing you know, books I, or you sit in silence? Like we just, we just moved, like I was saying, and I, you know, packed up all my records, unpacked my records, you know, and I just was looking at all this stuff thinking, why? Why do I, you know, why am I carrying, why have I been carrying this stuff around yeah. for all this time? I mean, I've moved so many times, and um, I mean, I don't really feel that way, and I'm happy to have the records that I have and, and take care of them, because I know that, you know, like, for 47 years, I've hated Steely Dan, and now all of a sudden I find myself saying, well, not crap. That's what I feel like about, like, Fleetwood Mac. I'm getting, as I get older, I'm, like, yeah. totally more tolerant of Fleetwood Mac. I don't know if I, like, really like them, but I'm, like, I hear things, and I'm, like, wow, like, as a musician, you go, these are things they thought about and planned out, and they're pretty good, and they play it well, and. Tolerable. I like I, it. It's tolerable. I feel that I feel that way about them too. I never thought that that, but it, you know, several years ago, I I just changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like that when people say that like your body changes every seven years and you start to stink or something. That's what the fleet. It's like Fleetwood Mac and Steely Dan. So things that stink start to smell good. I guess. <laughs> right, exactly. that's, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know what record I would I would reach for. Um, it, it probably you know. It, yeah, no, I can't. That's that's the question I fear, and I, I don't have an answer for it. And I would regret whatever I said. So right. maybe I don't even want to. Have I'll an give you. I'll give you one more. The Cure. Uh, not crap for sure. Not crap. Not crap. And uh, someone in the chat okay. box wanting to know if Steely Dan is code for shit, and also what is code for shit. Oh, code for shit was another. We we were realizing that band names. Um, there are a lot of band names that seem like they're code for shit. Like, uh, you know, what does the Rolling Stones mean, if not a reference <laughs> to what you leave behind? Sticks. You know, Sticks may be the like, the, the greatest. Um, you know, The Firm. I mean, it's I, I, long, I took a, a, Kring, a King Crimson name. the other day myself. King Crimson, I have to check my diet. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, it's a cranberry <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah, what is it? I mean, if, King, if, if you see King Crimson, you need to call the doctor right yeah, away. Yeah, you got to check your stool. Um, White stripes. Right. Now I get White it. I, I like this exactly. game. Code for no, shit. Not, there's, there's not a single, I mean, in, there's probably not a single gang of four. I mean, there's not a single <laughs> band name that doesn't. Oh, I got um, what, but so I got we realized, like I was, I, I came back sprocket. from. Toad the, what'd you say, Ryan? Toad, toad the, the wet, wet sprocket. sprocket. Yeah. Toad the, what? What else is that? It's <laughs> not even a pun. It just means a pile of shit. There's nothing else. <laughs> it, means. it describes the texture. That's just beautiful. It does. Fish. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, you know, I was. We were playing this game in Chicago, and or somewhere where. Uh, a bunch of musicians were, and we'd come up with it. It felt like a breakthrough, and it was one of those things where you know you you come back home and you try to tell your, your wife or significant other or whatever about it, and they're just like totally unamused. So I was I was telling Claire, I was like, no, don't you get it? It's so funny, and da da da, you know, and all the sticks records, pieces of aid, renegade, <laughs> the grand illusion. I mean, what do those mean if not? She wasn't into it, and then we were in a record store uh, several months later and flipping through records, and she comes across Pretzel Logic, and she's like, would oh. this be code for sure? <laughs> Pretzel. 
that would be. Oh man, that might be the. the you thought you lost him. That they, might be. They come out and surprise you sometimes. That might be the. I know. The apex. I know. I know. My wife, everything I say, she doesn't think is funny, oh, and then she I'm listens to the that. show and she's like, "Oh wow, the show was so funny." Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, how come you never laugh ever at whatever I say? Like in real life, it's really weird." Right. <laughs> you know, uh, if you have constipation, you might be in uh, the Tom Waits band. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much, Matt. And on a sour note there from me, thank you uh, for staying on the line so long. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, my, my pleasure. Is there anything, um, uh, anything else? Okay. Uh, are you playing the, uh, people want to know, are you playing the PRF Barbecue 2017, wherever that is? I, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, we're, we're trying to figure out how to play this stuff live. Um, we, yeah. we played one show. Just go up there and do the, do the, do the jazz thing for like an hour. Nobody cares. Well, we need, you know, we, need, we, we might care because we don't, we don't want to hear us play jazz. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't know, but I, we, we're trying to figure all that out because there, there aren't so many things that require keyboards and we don't actually own the keyboards that would be necessary for this stuff. So I'm sure somebody can, has key. Oh, oh, you need uh, like specific uh, Hammond organs and stuff like that. Yeah. Not, not quite that bad, but I, I need to, uh, man, I just, we, we need work. We need a lot of time to practice, um, which is not to say we're not going to try to do it. We're, we are going right. to try to play some shows. I don't want to put you on so, the yeah. spot. I'm just yes, trying to are, uh, I'm trying to answer the questions of the audience. They, they, oh, I see. Okay. I hope right. so. Yeah, that'd be fun. And uh, thank you so much, Matt. I really appreciate it. Right. This is great. Thanks a lot, John. Uh, sorry, sorry for keeping you on the phone so long. I, I appreciate it. No, no, no. My, my pleasure. That's what the landline's for. Listen, I can go uh, another hour if you if you game. Uh, I, I, uh, I don't know about that. All right. But, there's um, Matt Cadeen. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Really appreciate it. Go see okay. him at school. Go learn something. And uh, do, do, do any of the kids ever bring up that you're in a band? Do they bust your uh, chops? Or nobody, they're too young to know what's going on. I mean, when I say, um, they, when I say kids, I mean adults. They do on occasion. Yeah, on occasion. Yeah. And I, I I shouldn't not want to talk about it, but I don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> well, I hope everything's going good up there in Ithaca. I hope it's beautiful this time of year and uh, everything goes good for you, man. Thanks so much for All right. calling thanks. in. Thanks a lot. All right. Take okay. care, Matt. Thanks. Bye. 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 Later. There he is. He's like, all right, I got to go. Thank you. That's Macadine. Yeah. Go. Uh, the new overseas album will be out in May. I be- no, the new year album will be out in May. The overseas album is done and waiting, awaiting some kind of production. And uh, listen to Bedhead. Invent not crap, not crap on your own time. And uh, go see him. He's a professor of history at a college that uh, I will not mention because I don't know if he wants me to. Thank you. But if you Google that, you will find him. But what a what a nice guy. It's yeah, not, it's not Harvard anymore. Uh, no, he did teach formally at Harvard and Brown, and now he's upstate teaching at probably a college a little closer uh, to where he lives. So is it the name assume. of the town he lives in? No, it's no, no, no. The college I forgot the name of the college. It was a completely different long name, like you know, like uh, Shavitz and Shavitz. Right, Brown University. Thank you, Mario is here. And uh, colleges that you, sound like shit. Brown I like University. That <laughs> Good interview. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Nobody wants yeah. to clap when I clap, huh? Oh, That's the cue. I mean, I missed it. Clap. I missed the whole clap. thing. You guys too lazy to clap? Yeah, come on. Leave us alone. I thank missed you, the whole Matt. thing. I'm and, sorry. Uh, thank you. Live from the Roger on Radio Nope. Call in 718-577-2716. And uh, you want to play the Ryan game? Yeah, or I want to take a quick break? I got let's take a break. New game for I got to take a break. These, after these messages. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be right back with the Ryan game. And Tommy's not here, so no news, and uh, everyone loves it. Yes. I'm here. He sent me news if you want me to read it. Really? Yeah. I, it's stuff I already knew about. Though. Oh, yeah? yeah.
We're live from the Barrage here on Radio, Radio Doop. Doop. Hit the post again. from Barrage Radio Nope. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back with the Ryan game right after this. Thank you. Yeah. They're going to hit the post. Ready? It's live from the Barrage here on Radio Nope.
Yeah, that's the new Metallica. That's Halo on fire. Um, <laughs> raging <laughs> debate happening. Raging here. debate on the harmonies there. First of all, it's a lesson in, in how to do uh, like a four-part harmony. It's kind of amazing. And Pat just brought up a great point that uh, he thinks there might be a, a female vocal in the mix in there somewhere. And we're trying to listen to it. And just, we're, we're kind of, I don't know, man. We're just, flummoxed. If anyone out lady. there knows. Could be a lady in there. It could be a lady on that. And that'd be cool if there were like three Bob Moulds doing the different <laughs> harmonies and then like... Uh, a lady. I don't remember who who was in Sugar. It was it was Bob Mould, Bob Mould, <laughs> and two other dudes. Two other dudes, exactly. <laughs> two other dudes who like, are Bob Mould. But did, I guess when they when they played live, the the bass player dude, David did the Barb, David Barb, yeah, he was doing harmonies, right? I would assume. Did the so. drummer do him? I mean, like that's that's pretty layered. Yeah. If uh, if anyone knows anything about uh Sugar, the band uh, Bob Moulds. <laughs> Posters for your project, which I love, and uh, the album Beaster, which everyone thinks is better than Copper Blue, and you're nuts. You're wrong. Never heard of. You're that. close, but you're off. And uh, you know that's that's that. You know now that you really try to listen to that high harmony, it might sound like there's. It sounds like there's a female vocalist. There's a female vocalist. Interesting. Mm. Mm. Anyway, mm-hmm. 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 who's with me? Uh, has got it. He's he's right on line with us. Bob Mole, David Barb, and Barbie, and he forgot the drummer. It's probably Murph from Dinosaur Jr. That's what I... <laughs> the guy gets around. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce and introducing Murph. <laughs> yeah, and on tubs, Murph. <laughs> Dinosaur Jr.'s playing soon around here, I think. Right. Oh, yeah? I don't know. I get these emails from, like, I get 10 emails from, like, from a million. Oh, my yeah. God. I erase every single one of them without looking at them. Unless I see, like, unless the first band's name pops right out at me. Yeah. I think I, they're playing City Winery. Because whenever. <laughs> my, my in, With an H. Yeah. City Winery. The, wow. the enti- wow. My entire winery. reason for going on, like, my email is not to read them, but to erase them. <laughs> I'm like, I just want to get rid of the number. I don't care what the content of the email is. Someone's like, oh. Uh, this is uh this is Len Johnson from Sirius Satellite Radio. We want to we want you to do morning drive time, and I just I just erase it. Long Don Johnson. I could be your big shot captain. You can finally lose this and get some notoriety. Mario, <laughs> he's back from his poker game. What happened, Mario? You, Greek... I think you all know what happened. You busted out. You guys willed me to lose. You got you got busted. I bet you got your money in with the best hand, and you got uh, sucked out. I think I uh, I purposely sabotaged myself. If it was psychological because you said to me last week, "Oh, don't worry, just lose and come on back to the uh, show," because it was it was obvious you guys are pretty desperate here without me. Oh, really? <laughs> we have Dan Darrow. We don't need you anymore. I see Dan. Dan's farting up a storm. I bring everything to the table. <laughs> Let's put now the I'm mic. starving. Let's put a mic to your ass, and that would be a little bit more entertainment than what I've heard so far, Dan. <laughs> That's like a Beastie Boys rhyme. Put a mic to my ass. Anyhow, I thought my newest replacement to the Where's Brian slot has been filled up because uh, you look the most like Brian. You've got the chrome dome. You've got the... uh, Excuse me one second, Mary. Casserole Zuga's, uh, the band I played before Sugar, was uh, Overseas, which is uh, Matt Cadane's band. Any girls in there? And uh, you can pre-order that. Somehow, uh, if you go, if you type in Overseas uh, Cadane, in YouTube and the Google app. and the um, the information of how you can uh, pre-order the album will be in the description. I'm not slurring my speech. You are. You're a little. Your uh, face. 
Your face slurs your speech. How was Thanksgiving, <laughs> Captain? How, how was it? Uh, we talked about that. Thank we you. Uh, let's play the Ryan game. No, yeah. no. Wait a minute. Let's I didn't come all this way. Well, listen, I'm let's not, not, not going to redo the- I don't want to rehash anything. We're not doing a fucking recap. the first hour of the show for you. A recap. You're going to wish what do you, you want to know, Mario? Around when this How was your Thanksgiving? How was the spaghetti and meatballs? That's it right there. Exactly. He wanted you to ask about it. You're right, Ryan. That's all there is. Because that he's only at, he, he's like, you know. No, it's he just that you're a little slosh. I thought maybe you haven't stopped no, drinking. No, he doesn't care about anyone else. So he, but but he, he's like a robot where he, he, care about your he, he sees the social cues of how things are supposed to go and he like mimics Shit. them. Mario, and so the he goes, steamroller of sorrow. I don't care for him. anybody except myself. Why don't you just say it? Well, I have. I think I just did. He just laid out the definition. Of how, how was That's your true. Thanksgiving, Mario? Is that what you really want me to tell know? me? No, no. I guess you guys talk. Mario, about tell us about your Thanksgiving. I refuse. <laughs> I, there's nothing to celebrate since this election. This freaking beard of mine still hasn't grown past the half an inch. This beard uh, of mine doesn't shine how like many it people, anymore. How many people had to have like political arguments? Did political. anybody have to do that yesterday? Oh come on! No, no it's it's show We did this already. We yeah. talked so about it. Was it. Calm? We had this. It was calm where you were. Yes, everyone had an understanding. Oh, good. Yeah, we had an understanding, but yeah, because no one speaks English in that. We had an agreement that was mutual. I was at the Irish side. You know, the staunch Republican Irish side. I have tape of Mario at a at a uh, talking about Trump at Thanksgiving. Ready? This is this what is have to say? This, no. This is actually Mario's dad uh, advocating for Trump at Thanksgiving. Oh, Gist height, Gist height. <laughs> and everybody's cheering for Ronald. Ronald. <laughs> Ronald Johnson, the Libertarian Ronald. candidate. Taking away 1.5 percent. Scary 1.5. I'm done with Thanksgiving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Next year I'm going so to Thanksgiving. I'm done with elections. Listen, I could curse you right through you, Steve Albini. We curse you. We alternate every year: Connecticut with the left-wing hippie smoking kind of side of the family, and right. then with the Irish, uh, Repo- you know, Republican Catholic side of the family. So do you have like a bunch of people who go outside to like uh, smoke weed, or, like in the well, middle of dinner? Yesterday, yesterday I was stuck with the. Uh, I was stuck with the Republican side, and it was a little. Is your bit... wife Republican? No, no way, no, no. no. Oh, she's okay. a teacher. She's a, she she Sometimes actually she's let she was. Uh, I've talked to a lot. How liberal do you privately. think you'd have to be to marry the Mario? The funny thing is, <laughs> she was it when be Mario. A listen, when we talked about this during the summer, when Mario was all uh, into Hillary Clinton, Mario's wife was actually Mario's wife who's lived most everywhere. Mario's wife uh, Elaine oh, Elaine too was actually more to the left of Mario and his uh, Clinton thinking. No, no, I voted for Bernie. I wish anybody would have won. I I had Bernie. my. You're, ba- such, a, you're did, such a backtracker. I did go over the bridge with. Uh, my bridge is over. Bridge is over. The, yeah, the 59th Street Bridge, the Queens Bridge. Mario's only seen this. I and I had the, I had the sign. I had the placard. What a crazy pair. I had the sign. I will not participate in a fascist government. I was going to bring it to the thi- dinner, but they told me I had to behave. I thought you had a sign saying, "We'll take coupons." We'll take coupons. Chain yourself to ho- host we'll, this display case. We'll take vouchers. <laughs> Ninety nine percenters have to get behind me. Change yourselves. Change yourselves to host this display cases all across America. <laughs> I did march. I saw one person of all that of all the queens that I knew, and uh, there was about seven hundred. Hey, didn't you people talk there. to Eva Moskowitz, this monster of a person? <laughs> I did not talk to her. Oh, I thought you talked to her. <laughs> no, no, no. I talked to Eva Monster Whisk. <laughs> I talked no, to this Scott lady, She I makes you know what the calls are coming from inside the house. You know what she makes as a head of charter schools or head of one of the charter uh, political action? Four Char- million nope, dollars. You're wrong. Yeah, she makes five hundred and sixty thousand dollars a year. That's over half a million dollars. This crash. is supposedly an educator. It, it doesn't matter because the woman they picked to 
should be the the, the Secretary of Education is even more diabolical than her. Oh, terrible. And even richer. She's a multi-billionaires. Oh, yeah. Multi-billionaires. She's never taught. She's never had her kids in public school. She's never done anything. She's going to come uh, in and ruin them. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, you know, who cares? Her. I, I, care, I care. I give a turkey, but uh, listen, this guy... This guy's gone completely sideways. You know what you did? This guy's not my type of guy. Shoot me now. You know, he might be a Nazi, but uh, he's a New York liberal. Congratulations. No one's getting your jobs back. And now everything's going to go back to the way it was and go fuck yourselves. I don't know. What a crazy pair. I need some whiskey. I haven't even had any yet. Give me that Jameson. (laughs) Have a shot. Give me that Jameson. I'm going to vote for Trump. Listen, who who got Brian to sign his picture for me? This is really nice. Put down that picture and give me that bottle of whiskey. Fuck. Oh, it wow. looks so hard. I got chest pain. When Mario came in, he took Brian's picture, like, and you know, like, like if you go over like a, a, a your mistress's house and you put the uh, the picture of like her husband down on the I nightstand. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's what Mario did to Brian's I, picture. I turned the mic to him once in a while. He never has anything to say anymore. <laughs> but anyhow, he wrote a nice message to me. I don't get it. Uh, to Mario, S and M in schools. Brian musical. Yeah, you know, he mean? writes some things I don't get S&M either. I don't know what he's talking What's about half mean? the time, to be honest with you. Did I get it right? I don't know what that means. Sadomasochism? Stay in school. Oh. Yeah. Oh, the autograph. <laughs> oh, I, I wrote that. It says to Mario. Have S&M a... in schools. Yeah, right on, Brian. I cleaned the whole garage. I had nothing else to do, so I autographed uh, Brian's picture for you since I knew you liked to look at it all day. John's been spit polishing it. Hey, I'll tell you. Stick I, it. And he cleans it with his Dan elbow. Stick it. Max Weinberg. As the Brian Musikoff surrogate. You are in. By oh, the way, please. if you want to uh, donate uh, to Live from the Barrage, it's John C. Houlihan at gmail.com, and I will send you a signed, used drumhead. Patreon. And I, it will say, stick it, John Houlihan. So Thank anyway. Pit, the, Let's the, move on with the game. Please provide your own pitted snare drumhead. Anyway, I had Ace King. Let's move on with the game. <laughs> oh, great. It's the bad beat story. You want to hear it? No, 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 no one wants to hear I'll, any bad beat story. I'll get into it later when we have nothing to say. No. There's no later. It's I'm over. Saving We're it. playing the Ryan game. We're getting the hell out of here. There's a knock on the door. Ryan game. Where we expose these smart asses for the dumbasses no, they really are. Here's your host, Ryan Collins. Yeah. Let's move on with the game. Brian's pretty good. I had a dream the other night that I built you a microphone. <laughs> Is it a German microphone? Guess height. Da, 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 da. I like my Sennheiser. <laughs> sure stay you stay with it. Guest height. Uh, Ronald McDonald. McDonald. So I had a dream last like night that my neighbor Larry from behind the house uh, called the cops on the radio show, and I woke up like all pissed off at Larry. I'm like, I'm gonna kill that guy. You should have just got him to play the game. And then I, uh, then I realized, like, five, like you know, when you come out of that fog, and you're like, oh man, Larry didn't. Larry's not a bad guy. That's yeah, happened. Right. Life happened. is beautiful. Nothing happened that happened in my dream. Yeah. All right, Ryan, what's in the game? <laughs> Excuse me. There's a knock. On- <laughs> <laughs> what's that? There's a knock on the door. Listen, how angry he is. Ten. There's a knock on the door. It's a quarter to ten. It's Mario. Don't let him in. It's too hear late him. before you, you can hear know that. It's the good old days. He's grabbing on mind. He's a blow. Oh. He says, "Oh, R I A M. That's my name from the other end." He doesn't mean to insult. He doesn't mean to offend. He just likes being naked in front of his friends. And that's where I take my clothes off. I'm talking to your people that go to school. <laughs> I thought we were going to play the fucking game. Play the I'm talking to game. your people that go to school. No, I'm off that. I'm, I'm going to clown you. The, the golden, golden rule about, about science, mathematics, mathematics, and history. 
I work at Tojo GED. Don't you hate it when your teacher goes berserk? Gives you hundreds of pounds of that homework. It's a strain to the brain. It makes your eyes bleed. You got to do it if you want to succeed. One or two jokers in the class. But gym is the only class they pass. They may be walking down the street one day looking like some bums. They need some new clothes. Why don't they get some? They go uptown and they start to ramble. Back downtown where they start to gamble. 7-Eleven. It's win or lose. It's the way it is if you don't play by the rules. So go to school said, and don't cut, cut, cut. When I say so, you say what? So? What? So? What? So what you gonna do? What you gonna choose? The decision is yours. Are you gonna win or lose? This sounds like Tribe's third record. Wow. No, hey, I know if that was my first day in art class, I'd be like, well, I'm gonna try to be here from now on. Tribe called Mario. <laughs> Mr. T wrote those lyrics. <laughs> lyrics by Mr. T. Thunderlips. Clubber Lang, I mean. Let's write a song, Mario. Oh, man. Wow. That's my greatest hits right there. What's in the game, right? <laughs> and here's my DJ, Ham Hands. <laughs> DJ Ham Hands cutting it up on the turntable. The wheels of steel. Table. <laughs> DJ Sorry. Ham Hands is finger looking good, y'all. I had an ace king and I raised. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. You have to. <laughs> when he went all in, I should have known he had pocket aces. MC Mario uh, and well, DJ Ham Hawks. What were the blinds when you went out? We were low. We were half and a hundred, fifty hundred, and uh, I made it two hundred. He made it six hundred. Somebody made it sixteen hundred. Oh. Had a call. I called. You should have called. I got it. the king ten eight. So I'm like, I got eight king with ace. Yeah, looking good. But then he bet yeah, three. I called, and the other guy went all in, and I should have said. When Stop. you're up against three players, I could have folded that ace king, baby. Well, yeah, but if once, you would have won, how nice would you be? Listen, queen. Now? You're up against two other guys. Queen queen's a coin flip. Ace ace, you're dead. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was in. I made the 3000 and then it was all in. I had six left. Right? So. I agree with Mario. I went did. all in, and he, he went all if in. If you win, you're in nice shape. And if not, I get to go home right now. I get to go to the barrage. I was thinking of you guys. Actually, I'm going back to play the cash game. Who's coming? That's where you're a loser, right? <sighs> I'm, That's what makes you I'm going back. I got my. What's the game, Ryan? Let's Let, move on with the game. The game is list all the reasons Mario's a loser. <laughs> Him raising with Ace King being like number 100 on the list. <laughs> After the break. I'm just kidding, Mario. Are you okay? L. I love you. Oh, S E R. You know you're a loser when you hang out at the bar, Raj. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hang out at the bar all day with your friends or be in school and get the end? I'm telling you, A, B, C, and D. <laughs> Draw a picture. Listen to me. Listen to me. How you doing? I'm pleased to meet you. My name is Acero, and I'm here to teach you. If you don't listen, the parents may beat you. But if you do, the stars you'll reach for. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'll grade your papers at the poker table. Off the bar, that bucks for Aunt Mabel. Mabel. These lyrics were written by Mabel. Barry Sobel. <laughs> <laughs> Wiki 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 wack. My name is Acero. I'm. I'm Mr. Acero. I'm out of touch. The kids, they don't know what I'm talking about. I'll educate you. You don't know. You have to update it to be like you know. If you're grade A, you want to make. Don't listen to that guy. They call him Drake. And Jay Z and Kanye West. 
You have to upgrade from the 80s. I got I got plenty. All of the motherfuckers think they're the best. <laughs> the mother- I don't think you could say that in school. Did All he- the motherfuckers think they're the best. Mario got in trouble for yelling about Trump at school. <laughs> yes, I did. What? Really? I didn't yell. I just, I told I the guy P-M- to leave the room. You- I told him to P-M-U-R-T. That's the guy who's for me. Good guy. I told him to leave the room. That's all. Get Listen, he was frightening my other children. Who I have a safety it? pin on. Kids, this is a safe place, all right? Oh, no. Don't come in here flaunting your uh, validated victory to be bigoted. I saw validated victory open. <laughs> the door. Okay, yeah. I, val- validated victory closed, man. That place is awesome. My yeah. name is Acero. I'm large, not narrow. Put me on a hill and I roll like a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the band that they opened for? Okay. It was one of those progressive bands. <laughs> the squeeze game. Do you think it was Prague? I was thinking uh, NY. No, it was something progressive. I thought it was NY Hardcore. They opened for token entry. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm I here, lost. teacher. I got no corporate backers. And I now, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Yakka Trucker. I used to I'm going to preach it. I used to be 220 pounds. I used to be 200. When I first pounds. met Mario, he was uh, quite portly, not fat or anything, but he is a big fat face. Is big. He lost so much weight. I did. And he was skinny, and now he's now he's in between somewhere. Now I'm quite skinny. Portly. Now I'm skinny. <laughs> <laughs> used to be portly. Now I'm skinny. <laughs> no, I changed it. I changed it. My name is Asaro. I watched him under years so I could see Winnie. I studied lots of <laughs> history treaties, that. and now I have liabilities. My name is Asaro. I'm not. I'm thin, not large. You can find me every Friday night at the, the Barrage. <laughs> Listening to El Debarge. <laughs> I thought there was a game El somewhere. El Debarge. Ryan, you have a game for us? <laughs> is it even worth it? Yes. Yeah. We have this, a half hour left. Let's yeah, do a I game. just took up the the Tommy Tommy Rockstar news slot. Now let's play a game. No, I got the Tommy Rockstar news right here. You ready? Here's the news. Raw, Raw fuck. That's the news. Thank you, Ryan. What's <laughs> in the game? Everything's fucked. I I feel bad that I have kids. Everything's fucked. <laughs> they're gonna be, they're gonna be in Yellowstone Park's gonna explode hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Jellystone. Jellystone. What kind of world have we left <laughs> our children? Well, how do I follow that? What know. kind of world have we left Ask our children? Ask some trivia questions, man. Oh, well, my trivia game is about death tonight. Anyway, I have a prediction. Florence I think Anderson Dan- died today. So. I think Dan's gonna win the game. Does anybody know how old <laughs> Florence Henderson was? When 82. She- 82. 82. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do I get a point? Florence Henderson. All right, so that's the game tonight. I'm going to ask She died? <laughs> yes. She did? She's oh. no longer with us. Oh, Mario goes on Facebook like once a week to just strafe my comments. And like I the... go on Facebook <laughs> once a week. <laughs> <laughs> Show up to school, and you'll never be beak. <laughs> Stay in school. <laughs> do, 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 do your homework before lunch, and then you can be on the pretty But Go to the barrage and get some hugs. <laughs> Five dollars, I will you, Lenderson, and rest in peace, Fars. All right, those lyrics are written by Betty. <laughs> I wait a minute. I we were playing this game, and best. I didn't bring my death cards, my pictured death cards. I have I'm them like every Sam week. the butcher, bring it, Alice the meat. <laughs> Don't jump around both feet. Come up to school, and you'll never be beat. <laughs> Skip it. <laughs> For the love of God, what's the first question? Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Thank I've you, Dan. Gotta drink some whiskey first. Uh, he's gotta drink some Treat whiskey. Yourself. Oh, the Is level-headed Dan Dara. <laughs> Let's go while we're young. While we're young. <laughs> and begin. <laughs> <laughs> I like... Drink Jameson because it's the best. 
<laughs> Dan, Dan, <laughs> fart some more so I could like beatbox to your farts. I farted out, buddy. Oh. <laughs> By the way, uh, I gotta give All right, let's not I make. Gotta... Yeah, Dan Dyer's mic does sound weird. You're right, Kyle. I don't know what's going on there. It's all right. Speaking to that mic, Dan. Yeah, he sounds fine a bit. Titty time. All right, it's titty time with. Dan Darrow. By the way, just to show what a good dad I am, uh, I sat the girls down and I showed them airplane the other night. Nice. They're on instruments. I couldn't fucking stop laughing. I thought you said you sat them down and you were going to show them something else. Yeah, you got to fast forward past the scene where where the, uh, where the, um, uh, where Haggerty, what's her name, is blowing the. Oh, blow up! They had no idea what was going on. <laughs> yeah. They didn't get that. That was totally in their heads. We're too young to understand sucking dick. They Listen, <laughs> say what you want, but that Elf movie never gets old. Jesus, dude. I know, man. I decided yeah. halfway through I was going to yeah. bail out, but I went. I, I went. Exactly. I went for it. After fucking 11 p.m., the show gets a little blue. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> are you interested in game shows or not? <laughs> uh, the Kamal from the Jerky Boys, right? Um, I was looking on the other, you know, I work on the yeah, overnight. Yeah, get a load of this guy. I huh? work on the overnight, and, like, he puts things up, and he's dumb, and he, he puts these things up, and no one likes them, and I'm, like, the only guy who likes them. And I feel, I'm like, hey, I'm talking to Kamal from the Jerky Boys right now. <laughs> what kind of fucking falling out do those two dudes have? I don't know, man. We got So I'm thinking we can get Kamal on the show. Johnny Brennan he avoids anything. He won't come on. I've tried twice. We'll get yeah. Kamal, though. Kamal I don't have Seth, don't I don't have Seth like McFarland it. money. I'm, I, I'm going to get it. I'm Kamal. gonna get this guy. Come on, all right. So the Egyptian magician. and everybody's sucking sand. He hits me in eye with teeth. I have one mountain cat. Terrorize <laughs> the crowd. Terrorize the crowd. Ow! <laughs> come on, come on, come on! Right, don't let's like go. it. Let's, let's go. move on with the game. Thank you for staying with us here on Live from the Roger on Radio. No, yeah. thanks for tolerating. God bless you. Uh, once again, this week I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> Ooh, let me come over and give you the Heimlich. Death trivia, right, go. So, uh, I'm like, sounds German. The it's by the numbers. Basically, we're going to play by the numbers. I'm going to give you the celebrity or famous person. You tell me how old they were when they died. Oh, uh, okay. Give me the Heimlich. Maneuver, maneuver. If you're choking on bread. <laughs> I'll make it so you, I'll make it so you can't breathe instead. <laughs> I'll give you the Heimlich. It's <laughs> the latest dance craze. The Heimlich. The Heimlich. Everyone's doing the Heimlich. <laughs> The Heimlich. <laughs> all the all the fucking uh, the discotheques have all the posters. Ladies and gentlemen, the Heimlich dancers. My drawings for the new dance craze sweeping the nation. The Heimlich maneuver. Everybody's ribs are you broken. Do the Heimlich. Let's all do the Heimlich. You put some food in. You try to get some food out. You do the Heimlich and you shake it all around. It's just a pump to the left. It's like the hustle. hustle. Just a push to the right. Put your hands on your hips. And hold his chest down tight. Try not to die. (laughs) To the pelvic thrust. Everybody's pulling his chest. Pin him Let's down to the do floor. The Heimlich again. It's That's your breathing. All right, Ryan. Let's gonna go. We're gonna go back in time to maybe you could see. Ryan, you have a game for us this week? <laughs> we keep asking. All right, question number one. Is it Kojak? <laughs> Ding. <laughs> All right. Uh, how old was uh, Marilyn Monroe when she died, John? Uh, forty-two. Pat, thirty-eight. Yeah. 
Damn. I think she's in her 30s. 36? Oh, he got it right on the fucking oh. You get it, Dan. You hit around because you stole it. I told you Dan was going to win the game. Mary, are you taking a, a points or should I do it? I'll do it. I got the paper and pen. Let's do the Get your paper and pen and number two pencil. Something that rhymes with fucking pencil. Get tight. Get tight. Stencil. Stencil. <laughs> he couldn't breathe his heart. Get your paper and pencil. And take out your stencils. It's Mario time. <laughs> And I'm not a rental. <laughs> rental. Pat, how old was Bruce Lee when he died? Bruce Lee was uh, 38. Dan. Bruce Lee was 29. Mario. Wow, that's a big disparity. That's Brandon Lee. Uh, Bruce oh, Lee was in all those hockey movies. I mean, hockey movies. Yeah, he's a big. He scored a lot movies. of goals. <laughs> Canadian guy. Uh, the great John, one. Thir- uh, 31. He, he captained the power play. And John. This is tough, man. Uh, I think he was in. Uh, I'll go 32. You got it right on yeah, the Yeah, baby. Motherfucker. You stole it from me. I did. I was going to go lower. And then when you said 31, I started thinking about like older Bruce Lee. One dollar. Yeah. I liked him in that hockey movie where he had no teeth and uh, he had two brothers. Older Bruce Lee is my favorite set. Are you taking? <laughs> are you taking uh, points over there? Yes, John. You're tied with Dan Dara. <laughs> you Dan, got damn right I am. Dan Dara. Natalie Wood. <laughs> oh, Natalie. What kind of wood doesn't float? Alex. Natalie would. <laughs> <laughs> My mom got mad at me when I told her that. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she was a saint. Natalie Wood was, she was a good girl. Saint <laughs> Anthony prayed for us. Yeah, there Natalie was this guy who was the appointed the religious director. <laughs> Ten to six. I know she wouldn't, but Natalie would. Christopher Walken pushed her off the side of the Hey, smack it a tush. <laughs> right on the board. Go you got two choices. You can never do that again. Or you could die. That dude, spe- little sidebar here. That dude is so drunk all the time on oh, Facebook. I, I, he blocked me, I think. Yeah. I don't see him. 20, she was, she was. Touchy feely. She was 28. <laughs> I believe it violates the quality of life laws. Mario. I got high with Miles Davis, for Christ's sake. (laughs) (laughs) You know, if you need I fancy a nice game of badgammon. A night on the town. (laughs) A night on the town. (laughs) You know, if you need need a tux, a suit for a wedding, wedding, (laughs) special occasion, night on the town. (laughs) Look no further and just go tux yourself. No and we're gonna sell bread at the gig. <laughs> How's that sound? Nice little loaf. Take home the mom. Nice little loaf. Take home the mom. Why doesn't he ever call in anymore? Because I banned him because he he's, he's too drunk. Like the first time he came in was brilliant. The he pissed himself. He, in he pissed here. himself. Yeah, he wet himself. Oh, and, uh, and uh, like, you know, I started having arguments with him on Facebook about politics and stuff. And he's like, he's one of these guys who doesn't. Really, he's like, we're all one. That's and true. And then he got mad. I don't know. Who knows? And then he then he told me not to use any of his clips on the show anymore. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's the greatest thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, you know what? Go tux yourself. I'll use whatever the fuck I want. You came in here. You signed a fucking contract, buddy. You want to come here and kick my ass? Well, then that's up to you. I love that. I love all that. He's all like, the that's sudden. My, that's my intellectual property. Yeah. yeah Stop got, using clips. of the, That's the, fir- the, only, person, training the only person who's told me like to not use stuff on the show. Before, except for Jody, wants to like get mad that like Intell- intellectual. Yeah, okay. yeah. There was this guy who was the his big intellectual, the intellectual property of the school. Yeah. Right. The, the funny thing about him was that 
um, he was excommunicated from the brothership. <laughs> I think he was a Franciscan <laughs> brother. Brothership. And the reasons were kind of obscure as to why it happened. So, anyway, this guy wound up getting touchy-feely. <laughs> Uh, his name is Dugan. <laughs> he got a little touchy-feely with the boys. You know, he had his own little proclivities. Right. So he did it, tried it on me one day, and I said, listen, you got two choices. You can never do that again, or you could die. <laughs> <laughs> to the guy's credit, he's not So basically what happened was this guy walked with his briefcase down the block and I swear to God he was this lanky tall motherfucker. And what he would do was he would go down the block and he would always carry his briefcase in his right hand, always wearing a very sharp suit, and his, his head would tilt slightly to the side. And so he then inherited the name which... I'm very proud that I came up with 10 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> to the dude's credit, like, he's not... He knew where to fucking tick uh, the air. Uh, let's the bring him back. Uh, Trump is president. nickname ever, 10 to 6. <laughs> 10 to 6. <laughs> it ended his career. <laughs> That's when we had Christopher Walken on the show from Queens, New York. To his credit, he's not doing like the Kevin Pollack. Exactly. You know, yeah. he, he you know Dan, own, you're absolutely right. He, he found his own anchor it's, for the impression. It's, you know? That's why I hate these uh, Christopher Walken impressions. They're all, it's like such a cliche thing to do. Oh, but he yeah. had it so casual and conversational and yeah. right. Yeah. God damn it. Let's man. bring him back. Lift the band. Well, well, and, and I'm going to sit here and you guys will all time. leave and I'm going to be stuck with the guy until 3 o'clock in the I morning. I won't leave. John, how old was I'll Natalie leave. Wood when she drowned? I'm gonna call an Uber right how now. How old was? Yeah, how, yeah. How old was Natalie Wood when she drowned? Was, how old was Natalie Wood? When she she like even even when I tried to do it, it's too cartoonish. He does it in a way that almost it just sounds like a how dude. old? I said 20. Ryan's taking off his headphones. He's he's out of. How old was Natalie Wood when she drowned? <laughs> <laughs> in your new trapper keeper, you will found. <laughs> If you stay in school, you end up above ground. <laughs> w O O D. <laughs> Cut in class. I like her. In, uh, I like her in uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Great Rebel. Movie. How Dan? How old was Natalie when she drowned? I said twenty-eight. Oh, do I have to answer? Yeah, yeah it's your, you, turn. It's your turn. Ryan, you have a game for us tonight. <laughs> uh, I would think she's a little younger. I'll go twenty-five. Twenty-five, Ryan. Pat, thirty-two. Uh, what was your answer again? It was like 15 minutes Touchy ago. Touchy-feely. I was 31. And you were 28? <laughs> she was 43. 43 oh, Toledo. Oh, man. Who was the closest, Pat? Wow, everybody has a point. Said 32. Right. Yeah, you missed by 11. Everybody has a point. It's just me, Dan, and Pat. Risk-reward have three points. That's it. All right. Uh, I see what's happening here. Mario. Vic Morrow. He played, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Who? He, uh, he was from Alice. He played Mel uh, from Mel's Diner. Vic Morrow. Vic Morrow. Oh, Vic, Vic Morrow. Morrow. Alice from Alice. I love you. Vic Morrow. He was the cook yeah. with the beard, with the scruffy face. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's. I'd like to say. Uh, he looked like Brian Musikoff, actually. Vic Morrow. Mm. Vic Morrow. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Yeah. He Oof. he died of gentleman. John. Uh, fifty-five. Pat. 
162. By the way, casserole zuga's on the chat box saying, Delicious. you could never play my clips again, or you could die. I miss it, Kazuga. I'm Wrong Vic, Carlin Reed says. I'm going, I'm, I'm going 57 as well. 57. Who said 55? B. That was you, John. You got you were the closest one. 53. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say 54 on oh, my age. Chalk me up another one, chalk Why drawing guy. Instincts. Oh, man. Damn me. It's all in my Damn drawings. Me my second guessing. It's, it's all there. It's all there on my blackboard. Oh, oh no. Somebody erased it. Is that happening for anyone else, the, the panning? Or is that just my headphone? That's, That's Mario, Mario, the uh, the uh, old-timey teacher. Let me see your drawings. <laughs> old-timey art teacher. Thank you. If you'd turn your attention to the blackboard. <laughs> Figure 33. Figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my headphones are all screwed up. Damn it. All right, go ahead. Who Ready? <laughs> next, next, next dead celebrity, please. I'm only getting one channel. channel. I feel like I'm listening to Led Zeppelin. Shit. Go ahead. I don't care. Don't care. Don't give a fuck about my headphones. Go, go, go. Well, we're back to you now. Okay. What's the question? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Played the Joker. He's 27 Club. Batman. Heath Ledger. Yeah, sure. I know. The Joker. That was Maurice Chevalier. Are you thinking of Cesar Romero? Cesar Romero. Maurice Chalier. <laughs> Mario goes so far back as to his his first Joker is a mime. <laughs> he played the Joker in vaudeville. <laughs> well, what's Joker are you guys talking about? Heath Ledger. All right, be quiet. You don't you won't watch movies. You know nothing. Uh, Heath Ledger was the jo- he did a great job in that movie. I thought that was the He's best of the Christopher Nolan Batman an, movies. He was doing an opinion. impression of Tom Waits. He was, and he admitted it to it. Yep. It's like I got this can of beans, Batman. I'm gonna cook it up on the side of the railroad tracks. <laughs> I see it all. It's Brendan Burt meets Tom Waits. That's my name. Uh, yes, Heath Ledger was pretty young. I'll say he's 33. Okay, Pat. Uh, 29. 29. He's 27. Club. 27. Mario. 33, 29, 27. Do I go under or over? I go 26. Uh, we got a tie between Dan and and Pat. They bookended it. Damn. 28. Oh. Really? He was that young? Oh, I thought he was, he was that young. What do I give him? Half a point each? What or a one shame. Point each? One point each. What a shame. Well, it's a three-way tie with me with no points. Talk about shames. What about River Phoenix, Pat? <laughs> what a shame, cuz. All the best for the poor men that live out there. River Phoenix. River Phoenix I'm going to say 32. All right, Dan. He was 29. Mario. Well, it's been a good run. 200 shows. My headphones just crapped out. 23. 23 on the number right there, Mario. Oh, yeah! no, no. Uh, 23 years old. Rest in Phoenix. Rest in piss. Uh, yes. I'll say all my answers in Irish brogue now. Outside of the Viper Room. Yeah, right in front of the... Dan, uh, (laughs) Paul Walker, he was in... uh, You want to see a dead body? It's me. Paul Walker was 26. Mario. Who is Paul Walker? He was in, like, Fast and the Furious, and uh, he was a young actor. Pretty young actor, but not... Yeah, you're thinking of Vic Tabak, by the way. Yeah, Vic Tabak and Fast and and the Furious, what's that? Vic (laughs) Morrow. Is that a... Hockey movie? I got so, something to tell you, Alice. Uh, Go wash them dishes. Give me a double-digit number, Mario. Just oh, name all it. right. What'd you say, Pat, uh, Dan? Oh God. What'd you say? For, all right, uh, move on. He's out. No, no, I have an answer. Come on, Fud. Twenty-six. Twenty-two. John. Um, Vic Tabak? No. 
Paul Winfield. Paul. Oh, that guy. Uh, Paul, Paul Winfield. Paul Winfield. No. Narrator extraordinaire. No, uh, no. no. Paul Walker. Paul, uh, Paul, Paul Walker died when he was twenty-five. And Pat. Nine eighteen. He was 40 years old. Oh, no way. 40, Come on. Old. That guy was wow. so young. Really? Yeah. I got to pee. Who's the closest? Jeez, nobody was even close at all. I think nobody gets a point. I was close. He got killed in a Porsche 918. <laughs> yeah, that's Half right, a yeah. point. Porsche 918 is my least favorite favorite Chuck Berry song. <laughs> all right. Uh, 918. Mar- Mario. Yes. Abe Vigoda. I love them. Abe uh, Vigoda. How old was he when he died? He died late. He died in his uh, eighty-six. <laughs> John Abe Vigoda. Abe Vigoda. Uh, I got more rhymes than my memory stick is overloading. <laughs> Abe Vigoda. <laughs> Give me a break, Sally. <laughs> For old times' sake. For old times, can't do it, Sally. Uh, Abe Vigoda was 93, I will say. Pat. 94. On the money. Oh, I was so close. Damn it. Here's me. I love fish. Pat takes the lead. Right. You know who else loves fish? Chris Woody McDermott. He spent all their content. All right, John. Uh, James Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to watch. Oh, that guy. He's probably around for a while. He seemed like a dick. People who are like assholes live a long time. Yeah, he used to you know who does a very good Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart? Stewart I, wait, can gentleman. I answer that? Um, Dan Darren. John Ferry. <laughs> Dan Darren does a very good Jimmy Stewart. Who doesn't? No, yours is exceptional. No, I don't remember doing a good Jimmy Stewart. Jim you Carrey know? did the best one I've ever seen. I do a great Scott Bakula. All right, let's hear you. <laughs> let's, here's Dan Darren's Scott Bakula. Um, oh, God. What? That's my. I story. see it. <laughs> quantum leap, dude. I need to get back in time and leap hey, hey, through the quantum, quantum. physics. Uh oh, looks quantum. like looks like I'm gonna be a woman this episode. Uh oh. The best. I have Uh-oh. breasts. I'm wearing heels. I'm Don Rickles. Rickles. <laughs> Wait. So who's the next one then? The next Jimmy Stewart, a legend. Oh, so- Jimmy Stewart. My answer? Oh, he's 92, I think. 92. What would you guys say? I think I said 93. 93, and what did you say, Pat? I said nothing. I'm going 89. 89. I will go with... 89 is correct. Wait a minute. (laughs) It's my turn. I was going to say 89. Too bad. Too bad. Pat is running away with it. I was going to say 89. I thought Pat said 92. No. Pat didn't answer yet? Pat has four. Pat didn't say... Pat, I need to. Right, who goes now? What was the ever going to answer? Pat goes. 89. Really? That's it? Yeah. How about... Bullshit. He lied in his birth certificate. How about oh. James Dean, Pat? James Dean. Fuck it. Delicious sausages. James Dean. He was 28. Yeah, he was 20-something. 28, 27. Mario. 31. 31. John Houlihan. Oh, man. He, he drove his motorcycle like into the Grand Canyon or he something. He drove a Porsche. He drove a Porsche straight into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> no, no. If I remember correctly. Right into a wall. Exactly. He thought there were two headlights, two motorcycles coming at him, but it was really a car. Really? Yeah. Oh, he tried to split the difference? Yeah. Bad move, dude. <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> Rebel without a fucking pause. I should have gotten 710 split. Motorcycle. <laughs> 710 split. 710 split. Nobody hits that. <laughs> you fucking idiot. 
He died like Harry. You know, Chief what's the use of being such a badass if you can't get laid anymore because you're dead? I could do. A, I could do an impression of James. I Dean. will say James Dean when he died was 33 years old. Answer is 24. Yeah. Oh. yeah, he died. Dan, young. you're the closest. You said 27. Dan, you Dara oh, hits it again. Dan Dara. What's the score, Mario? Give us an update. I say Pat has the lead with four. Dan is second with third. John has two, and I have one. Oh man! Right. Wait, I'd like to do my impersonation of James Dean. Okay. Never without a call. It's the only one I know. We'll do that. That'll be in the extras in the DVDs. Stick around afterwards. We'll record it. Dad, everyone's getting two channels in their headphones. A kid was killed tonight. We can't pretend it didn't happen. Dad, you better give me something. Dad, stand up. Stand up! And then he grabs Thurston Howell by the chest. <laughs> he picks him up in there. And it's like, you're going to kill your own father! He was in that picture. And scene. Yeah, he was the Mario dad. only watched it because Sal Minio was a Sicilian hero. I used hero. to go to a couple of midnight movies and Rebel Without a Cause and The Wild One. There's uh, another one he died Eraserhead. Really uh, what were the midnight movie circuits? I, I realized that we were doing Rocky Horror. Rocky <laughs> Horror is what really inspired the People generation. in the chat box, uh, Steve V saying fucking A-plus on the back of the Dandara in all caps. And, uh, of course, Casserole Zuga saying, uh, you better Batula. tell something. Scott Batula. <laughs> I'm Scott Bacula. I like to have an orgasm. Scott Dracula. That's a, I, I, like, Scott Bacula. I, like, <laughs> I would like to quantum leap into some dude in mid-J-O. Like, all right, yeah, whatever. This is cool, you know? Like, how you watch, like, 12 Monkeys and, like, all right, Bruce Willis goes, like, World War One. Why isn't he, like, just some Scott dude Bagula. J-O-ing in a tenement? Scott Bagula, Scott Bagula coming into an audition. Uh, uh, uh. I am Scott Bagula. I will come back one, one. two, what, what happened to but that no more than three, three times for this audition. What happened to that dude who looked just like Scott Bakula who would show up at every risk-reward gig? <laughs> oh, you're talking about uh, the, the Jewish dude. He was a lawyer. Oh, really? Jewish guy was a lawyer? Yeah, that guy. Well, who was that? What was that guy's name? <laughs> <laughs> I believe his name was uh, Jaime J. Schwitz. Josh Splacula. That is not the point. No, our friend. I forget his name. God he was cool. It. Yeah, he was a cool guy. Uh, Richard Belzer or something. I, don't know. Yeah. I forget. The Bells. This is what happens when you go off social media. Uh, uh, You're totally forgotten. This is my biggest fear. All right, who's ne- who's next on the deck? Richard Belts is still alive, actually. Yeah. 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 I used to uh, see him uh, all the time. That's, yeah, that's yeah, what he yeah, wants yeah, you to yeah, think. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, that's what the government alive. wants you to think, oh, that yeah, Richard exactly. Belts are still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah sure. Back until the left. Yeah, because sure. like the yeah, Kennedy yeah, assassination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Control the weather. Infowars. Contrails. I think Mario goes next, right? All righty. Dean Martin. Hey, hey, hey. That's been But it's not like do an impression hey, 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 of the yeah, person. It's a fat Albert. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Uh, get me a highball. I like to drink. drink. Uh, I'm Dean Martin. Hello, Dino. this is Dean Martin. Look at here. <laughs> Dean Martin. Uh, hello. This is a Dean Martin. Bob. I uh, like it to drink. I like it to drink. I like it's it. It's a high bowl. Dean drinker. Martin. Dean mm. Martin. 78. Delicious. Garbagey. Dean Martin. Delicious 78. sausages. 
78, I say. Dean Martin. <laughs> 78 exactly fucking right. That's right. Uh, wow. That's the speed Mario plays his records. Don't make fun of me, Bob, uh, Sammy. We all hung out together. I think this is, a, this is the first uh, podcast and or radio show to ever do a Let's Japanese do- Dean Martin. Yeah. <laughs> is it uh, hello. Uh, hello. Uh, uh, Dean Martin. And now oh, we welcome uh, Don Rickle. Welcome. Don Rickle. Don Rickle. <laughs> Sorry, Trump's president. I'm, 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 we're going with all the racist impressions. <laughs> He's a insult to comic. And now to welcome a very funny man. <laughs> uh, I would like to give a very warm welcome to. <laughs> a warm welcome to uh, Alan Alder. <laughs> Stop show, show mash. Your boy Des Bishop had interesting shit to say about the comedy scene in Japan. Actually. Oh yeah, and like you know how tough it is to fucking. Yeah, he was here, we didn't listen. Right. Well, you tried doing stand up when everyone's gonging you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, ladies and gentlemen. A Freddie Roman. <laughs> Freddie Roman. Uh, 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 Pat Cooper. <laughs> And now the comedic style of a part of Kubo. Hello, mother dear. Mother dear, mother dear. Very man. He comes straight from a Catskill. Catskill a mountain. Catskill. Catskill mountain. Jesus. He climb a mountain. This show, man. And he make funny. I think I just got to erase this show. Pat Kubo. Please to put your hands together. No. Please I'm put so, your hands together. I'm so glad for that a root of pussy. Trump's victory has validated all your white superiority inside of you guys. Hip hip hooray! Judy Tanuda. Ching heist. Ching heist. Please to put your hands together. Evil uh, Phillips. Very funny. Very oh funny. God. I'm so sorry. I'm so There's sorry. only like two people live in Japan now, anyway. No, we're not listening. Judy yeah, Tanuda. Tanuda, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. Here, here to play the accordion. Jackie Mason. Mr. Jackie Mason. Uh, put, put, please to put hands together for uh, Fred Stoller. Blood. Fred Stoller. <laughs> for a blood of Theodore. <laughs> a Barry Sobu. <laughs> One man show, world according to me. Gary CK. Jackie Mason. <laughs> Gary CK, hey, the, the the Chinese counterfeit Louis CK. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Hey, Gary CK. You ever notice that your kids are asshole? Hey, you ever go to airport and uh, think uh, 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 think uh, looking like an ejaculate? <laughs> hey, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm sorry, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. If you're tuning in for the Matt Cadane interview, we I'm hope you are. Ashamed of all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's the guy they flew into your cruise disaster? He's Matt Kashamed. Oh God, that was. Uh... Please put your hands together David for David Brenner. David Brenner. <laughs> Hi, hello, everyone. Uh, Did you ever notice how Japanese people? Are? Uh, so my son made a poopy on the party. <laughs> so anybody have kids? Do David have Brenner's kids? dead, right? Yeah. All right. What, what else is in the game, Ryan? We got to shut this down. This is the worst guy? thing that's ever happened to uh, to the show in um, history. Thank just, God. I'll just Trump. Name Trump. Trump. Talk Trump. About John. John. You go. Your turn. Uh, I'm you, ready. Uh, Jim Henson. Go for that one. They're Jim Henson. I don't even guess you. Let's just fucking laugh about Jim Henson. You wrong, Tron, bro. Uh, Jim Henson was 53 when he died. Yes, that's exactly right. Holy shit! You wow. No fucking way. You serious? Wow. Right Hell there. yeah, baby. Uh, 
Pat's, Pat, you're still in the lead by one. Because you stole it. Uh, it's only half racist, this show, because I, I can only hear through my left channel. Oh, yeah. Once again, hey. fuck 2016, right? Because uh, right. everybody died this year. Yes. The oldest person in the world died this year, Pat. Her name was Susanna Ooh. Jones. How old was she when she died? Please put your hands together oh, no. for Susanna Jones. <laughs> oh, no. Susanna Jones? Yeah. The show isn't usually like this. If you're just tuning in, this is your first experience. 100, uh, 112. <laughs> I'm sorry. Dan. She was 115. Mario. <laughs> oh, 109. John. I think I just ended my career. Uh, <laughs> and by career, I mean getting paid no money to sit in my garage for four years. Uh, I have no idea. Who's this, Sharon Jones? Suzette. Oh, she died too, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, Sharon Jones died. Jesus Christ. You know, the, the yeah. story is kind of weird. Sharon Jones, the amazing musician. Uh, From the Dap Kings. The Dap Kings. And yeah. then uh, the story came out today that she died. She had a stroke during watching the election results come in. Oh, oh no wow. And oh. she had, and they brought her to the hospital. She had a second stroke. Hospital. And she was on the bed, I guess, like rolling her into the room. And, and she's uh, screaming about how Trump killed her. Oh, Jesus. Oh, and it's his yeah it was, it's bad the yeah, dap, yeah, right. that's a statement from the dap kings you could look that you can google that google. i don't know don't listen to me thank god it wasn't me that poor woman she was a genius i'm glad i never donald I trump her, killed her i saw her in central park a few years back now we have to true. kill him well, how old was the oldest, I'm just kidding. oldest no. person in no, the world kill. Oh, I just the oldest person in the world was 128 Oh, what are you nuts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Dan's the closest. It's 116. Oh. Wow. Dan said 115. We have a tie. We have a tie. Let's do the tie break. the tie? Pat and Dan. Sorry, Damn it. John. Come on, I'm out? Yeah. Right. Ah, fuck. Fuck out of here. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck out of here. Catbox justice. What the hell does the chatbox have to do with it? Nothing. I just wanted to hit button. <laughs> hit a button. Let's go while we're young. Oh, help me, Brian. They're making fun of the Asians. We have a standoff between Patrick Walsh and Dan Dara, the rhythm section of uh, Risk Reward, because I feel that the bass is the solo instrument in the band. <laughs> well, you guys switch on and off. I don't know who does what. We do. Stop rooting my joke. <laughs> I'm trying to get laughs here. Uh, the guy's uh, looking for yucks. <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm on a, a yuck expedition. I'm looking for yucks. A yuck oh, <laughs> wait a minute. I just learned yuck this. Expedition. There's one song that you sing, John, that's just four words. I just learned this one song. You know, you I sing. learned that too because I didn't realize that the, yeah. my, the whole the whole song was one line. I'm until... like talking to you today. I'm like, I like that song, and I just hummed a few bars. You're like, there's only four words yeah. in the whole song. Lyrics that, are overrated. The song has only four words. I want to see the it's lyric art. sheets. Do you have liner notes to your albums? Yeah. Uh, do you really want to leave me in the sea that, that way. way? I got a lot of things that I want to set on fire. Is the entire yeah? You know, That's thing. awesome. Amazing. We'll be recording with Steve Albini. You would think that would be redundant, but it actually sounds like you're saying something different every time. Perfect. It's a song. All right, let's do the tiebreaker for the people that aren't yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do the tiebreaker again. I've got 10 minutes of this, this racist All show. Right, here it goes. Ready? I'm Morley Safer. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Zach Brown again. <laughs> Richard Nixon. Richard Nixon? Yeah. He died like Age he died? 83. 83. <laughs> 86. And uh, by two years, Pat is the closest. Oh. 81 years of age. I've lived a long life. Raise your glass, Pat. <laughs> I'll 81 years. Uh, I don't like this, this Archie Bunker. <laughs> I am uh, not a number. God bless you, man. I am He's a got, free man. He's got a son in law who's a pinko. <laughs> Dan Hedaya played the best Richard. What'd Richard. you say, Dan? 82? 
I said 86, I think. And yeah. Pat hit it on the head, or he was close? No, wow, look at that. So Pat wins? He never wins. Congratulations, sure Pat. He, does. he, he wins a lot. He does? Once a month, he wins. I drink to you, Patrick. Peace and love. Peace I got to go love. play is poker. Is this, show get, is this show over? You can't go back. And I'm now going back I to the kitchen. Oh, shit. I think the show's over. Oh, fuck. I, forgot. I thought we had 10 minutes. And now I take a drink to Pat. Oh, whoops. We've been talking. I thought we had 10 minutes it's and we have zero minutes. It's 11.30 right now. I know. I thought it was 11.19. How about a BDD about a Buddha that's Wow, I fucked it up. Oh, well. Thanks, everybody. Whoops. I'm going to play cards. I thought we had 10 minutes left of the show. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You know, it goes so fast. Thanks. I'm glad I came down. It goes so fast. Oh, uh, go see uh, Manchester by the Sea. Manchester by the it's Sea. It's the fucking greatest it looks really movie good. ever. Yeah, man. I'm in. And, how about uh, how about how that's it. I'm in. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Dan Darris. Nice, you, nice Dan. job, Dan. Yeah. Appreciate it. Dan's eating potato salad with a with a Jody's business card on the Long Island Railroad to, to Rokonkamas. Rokonkamas. Good night, and Music Hall. Thank you, Mario, for showing up. I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you uh, saw where your butter was, where your bread was buttered. Yeah, I'm glad I lost in this. I was second out, you know. This Thanksgiving, and thank second you, out. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Back. Thank you, Matt Cadane, and thank you, everyone. Thank you, Brad. Thank you, everyone. Solely Steve on the chat box. Casserole Zergas. I got some butter. And we'll see you next time. How to heat a beat about a Jesus Christ! I didn't drink any whiskey. I'm fucking drunk. When the music calls over When the music comes over, turn off his mic, turn off his mic, turn off his mic. <laughs> Get it right. I thought I had it right. There we go. Hey, how you doing? This is uh, actress uh, Tilda Swinton there. I'm uh, just uh, hanging out in my cabin in an undisclosed location somewhere in outside of London, England. Eh? I just wanted to reach out and give a bit of love and solidarity to my good friend Brian Musikoff. Brian... I congratulate you on ending this chapter of your life working with the gentleman from Live at the Barrage. Now, Brian, we all know that if it weren't for you, we would probably be, you know, listening to some poorly placed phone call from some guy that, you know, Gave Gilby Clark a free drink at one point, and you know how many how many times can we have that interview there? Whereas with you, 
you know, you're gonna get you you know you're gonna guilt some guy from Lifetime, the band, not the not the channel, to uh, do an interview for you because he probably dropped an amp on your head there. And I can understand that. I can understand you know wanting to move on from that. I mean, at some point, you know, the well runs dry there. It's like I said to Will Defoe when we were on the set of Grand Budapest Hotel. The wells run dry. Now that's a joke for you. Anyway, listen. I wish you luck in all your travels. May you follow your dreams and become, you know, a true star. Not, not as big of a star as me, Tilda Swinton co-star of the movie Snowpiercer, which is out now on New Line VHS cassettes everywhere. But I wish you luck in your journey. I think you're a tremendous talent. Not as tremendous as me, the star (laughs) of uh, Only Lovers Left Alive, directed by Jim Jarmusch, also out on New Line VHS cassette. But I think you are an immense talent. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck in your endeavors. May the wind always be at your back, Dad. And take it ace. Everybody man up, let's show our testicles and let's do this. (laughs) Yo, Kev. <laughs> See you at Catch Club.